two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Can't hear myself. There we go. Okay. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Thursday, June 23rd. Slightly cooler, still ungodly hot Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, yesterday, by the way, it, it does. Yeah. Yesterday was officially, I know it was the hottest day of the year, it was officially the hottest June 22nd in the history of Louisville, Kentucky. And if you were outside at any point, you believed that the rain actually cooled it off a little bit. It felt a little bit better after we got off the air. Uh, and I didn't realize how bad the rain was, so I got home and saw, like, the debris all over our little portion of St. Matthews. My neighborhood was the same way. I was just glad to, as I was pulling it, I started thinking, man, I'm just, I didn't even occur to me. I'm glad I didn't get that text. The electricity's out. Oh, God, I know. Uh, I, you got the AC out text. But. We got the AC out text, but it turned out that it just been switched over to heat. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't had that happen, right? <laughs> I was like, how did this happen? I was like, I guess one of my parents bumped into it. I was like, well, okay, what are you going to do? I mean, you had, that's one of those things that you, you, you hear and you're like, how kind of dumb? But then you're just so relieved that that's all it is that you're like, you know what? Never mind. Well, every single time I've ever had a problem with uh, the heating or the air conditioning in the house, which has been frequent since we moved into that house <laughs> eight years ago, you, know, the, you look up steps. I try to do the YouTube thing. I try to do the Mr. Fix-It thing. And the first step is always like, make sure it's not on the wrong setting. Like, make sure it's not on fan or make sure it's not on cool when it's the sun, when it's the winter time. And I'm always like, oh, of course it's not. And then I go, I'm like, well, let's just check it just in case. I used when I worked at Insight, I did the, uh, the like the free box they would send out to people. It was like the department I worked for. So I got like basically the lowest of the low of the, uh, you know, paying for cable cha- ladder of people. Nice. And at first I would try to be, when I first got there, I was so wide eyed. I'm like, this kid fresh off the fresh off the, out of the academy or something like trying to help everybody like step by step and i want to say my first or it was like my second or third night and i had this, this just nice old lady and yet i was on the phone with her for like an hour hour and a half going through all these steps and after that all that time it occurred to me to finally ask her did you put is it plug batter is the batteries in the remote yeah and she's like oh yeah and i'm like so then I felt bad because every moment after that, I just feel like I'm talking down to everyone who calls in. So I'm like, is it plugged in? Yes, of course it's plugged in. I'm Ruin like, the experience for life. Listen, Gotta ask. Listen, ma'am, you have no idea how many people I've talked to that just don't realize it's not even plugged in. 
Uh, I love that we jump right into that. The yeah. voice you've been hearing there is Trevor Kelsey, at Trevor Kelsey on Twitter. Give him a follow if you can. Uh, Mike Rutherford here in the pilot seat. We're with you until 6 o'clock. We want to hear from you, as always, on the Thornton Stocks line, 502-414-1450. That's the number. You know the number. You know Thornton's. There are 65,367 of them around this area for good reason. Stop in there. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. Download the Refreshing Rewards program. Be a part of all that good stuff. It's going to make you uh, eligible to save some money at the pump. Also, We've got Summer Cash Bash happening with Thornton's each week. Uh, each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member is going to win $10,000. That's all summer long, and there's a grand prize coming. It's a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do, open that refresh, re- Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. All you got to do. And in addition to all this good stuff, you can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew, 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, who doesn't love a hot dog in the summer? Bud Light 12-packs, who doesn't love Bud Light in the summer? Large Doritos and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. Do all that good stuff, and you might be eligible to win $10,000 or a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Sounds pretty good, Trev. Take out the beer. You just described my daily maybe daily purchases. Uh, if you want to win? Throwing a carton of cigarettes there once a week, and you got me. And if you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, first of all, what are you doing? Get off your ass, make a play, do something good for yourself. Yeah. But you can still text all one word, rewards, to 80313 today. It's going to get you enrolled and eligible for all these good, uh, good prizes, all this good stuff. Uh, we need a new car. We need a new Highlander. I don't know if you, we're... You, need, yeah, you might want to get registered in this I don't even thing. know if we're eligible, but we should I be. I think we should be, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I got kind of a beef with a buddy of yours now. Okay, I'd love to hear that. A perfect way to start the show. Not, not necessarily a beef, but I'm, I got to call him out for... For lying on television. Uh-oh. Your boy Mark Weinberg. Oh, I thought it was going to be Adam Lefko. No, 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 uh, no. No, your other boy. What, what did Weinberg do? So I, I, Have got, you seen his beard? He's I, not shaving it. Did he have a beard last night? I didn't even notice that. He has a beard. Apparently, the WGRB, they have a strict, like, no beard policy. Well, now he's just being, like, he's just doing it because the they told him not to. does whatever the hell he wants to do. It was his vacation beard, and he's like, you know what? I'm not shaving it. They have a no beard policy at WDRB. He kind of acted like they did, but Crawford had a beard a few years ago. I thought he, yeah, I do remember him having one. Or was that before he got to WDRB? No, it was it was after. It could have been a COVID beard though. Possibly. Okay, so I'm, I turned it on yesterday, and the, and the the weather's just starting. Yeah, I think it was between overtime and regulation of the Colorado game, which I'm sure you'll bring We're up very about, quickly. Yeah. But uh, so I turn on. He's talking about the weather, and he goes, "Today it hit, we hit a hundred. and he says, and. That seems unusual because it's the first time since 2012. And I thought, no, it's not. Hmm. I got in my car just like two days ago, and it said 102 on my temperature thing. Well, the car temperature is always a little bit hotter. Oh, I think Because Mar- it, it hits the, get the temperature off the road. I'm just telling you, Mark, I'm calling BS on your, on your facts there. No, you're the one person who I think you're throwing out fake news on, on the weather at us, buddy. You're the one person who doesn't understand that the car temperature is always like five degrees hotter than it actually is. Like that's it's it's a known thing. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's because it it senses the heat coming off of the pavement, and it's always hotter. It's always a, it's always a few degrees hotter than it actually is. But that, but no, well, I'm closer to the pavement than than it is well. <laughs> You're just not gonna buy this. I uh, know that. I trust my car. You trust your car over like the actual meteorology thermostats temperatures. Hey, that car has got me from A to B without a problem. And how many times was Mark Weinberg done for me? Well, has he ever picked me up and taken me anywhere? He dropped me off at Arby's. There you go. <laughs> no, but he did lie to me about the. So no, gotta call BS on Mark. Sorry, buddy. Well, you also have to keep like he's not taking these temperatures personally. It's not like the Weinberg te- like the thermometer. Oh yeah, it's him. It's the National Weather Service. Like he's no. going off of those temperatures. Oh, don't pass the buck now. 
I mean, I'm not. Like, I'm just saying that's that's the way it works. Defending your boy over guy, you got his back, don't you? It's like me saying Louisville scored 89 points yesterday. It's like, well, that's your opinion. Well, no, it's that's how many points. Well, they scored. no, no, that's that's different. That's looking at an actual scoreboard. This is he's saying it's he's never looking been, at an actual thermometer. And I and I so was I. But this is the official one. Well, who's to say one's official and one's not? Well, you could have said I think that I was actually a foul call. I'm giving us two extra points. <laughs> well, I have done that before. I hey. Or if you're officials, you can take you're one guys, point away from Jordan War, and we can lose to Marquette. Get so annoyed that entire game, you're going, okay. Let's not forget, we've got two extra points. <laughs> uh, it's also we, we have plenty to talk about today. It's we, we've got a. I'm sorry, Mark. I'll forgive you. I just want you to know you got to check your. Don't check your blame bag. that on Weinberg. He's, <laughs> he's got his own thermometer. I mean, he probably could call you out right now. The thing is, Weinberg doesn't take any crap. If he heard you talking right now, he'd probably come for that throat. Oh, bring it, buddy. He would take you out. Come on. In his Gucci loafers. Come at you with like an F5 from Twister. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, we got plenty to get to today. We have an update on Fabio Basile, the yeah. uh, the mystery point guard prospect who's maybe not so much of a mystery now. Is he coming? Is he not coming? Is he going to be eligible to reclassify? We'll get into that good stuff. It's draft night. I know a night that was once near and dear to your heart that you kind of have, I don't know, solid feelings about now. Yeah, it's crazy. I saw that on the ticker yesterday and thought just three years ago, Trevor was would have been like bated breath waiting for this night, and now I'm. That's just like, how quickly it's changed. I was thinking more like it was like a ten year thing. No, no, it was. I'm trying to think of the last draft I I, I want to because well, last year was Kate Cunningham, which I barely cared about. And who was the draft before that? Well, it was. I want to say the the Donkage draft was the Donka draft or whatever was the last one I really got into with Trey Young and company. So that was like that was only about two three years ago, right? But your love of the NBA has dissipated more like the last like ten years or so. It hasn't it has, just been yes. the last three or four. So why has the draft been so recent? You still gotten into the draft? Has it been the lack of Louisville production? You know I don't know. It's a good question. I, I have never really thought about it because I should still because I do still enjoy college basketball as much as anything. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just for some reason. Maybe it's the Pacers are there. You think I'd be more excited? They're up in the uh, upper part of the lottery, which is. Are know. you just terrified about that? You think they're going to ruin their pick? No, because last year they weren't didn't have a. Well, I guess they did have a lottery pick. I think last year they took the European kid that I only knew as the guy who was being ignored by all the media in the media room. And there was like, this great picture. Everybody like surrounded by one guy. I forget. Clearly made a great impression on you as you referred to him as the European kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's this great picture of him. And he's just sitting there, and no one's talking to him. And I, I want to say it's like Cade Cunningham or somebody next to him, and, and like he's got 50 people around him. And our our recruit, our guy we drafted, just sitting there with his like twiddling his thumbs. It's gonna be this, you this year with Shaden Sharp. Oh man, don't take Shaden. It's Sharp. coming. I can't wait for it. I'll be so excited about it. Uh, we've got that going on. We have more fallouts. Uh, I say fallout. More reaction to what Louisville football is doing on the recruiting trail. Who's gonna be the next to commit? We Domino. Have a, we have a big time name coming to campus tomorrow. Another quarterback. Interesting. Hmm. We'll talk about mm. how that's uh, how that plays out. Twenty twenty four guy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. We're gonna do all that good stuff. But first, Trevor. Everybody needs to just humor me a little bit. I got something about the Avalanche last night. You know what? By the way, Orange Cassidy scored a pin last night. I'm done. Oh, with that. Done what with- a night! Yeah. So what a night! I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say that that's my AW recap. That's all I'm gonna say for AW because. I'm gonna mute my mic and I'm gonna let you go for the next few minutes because you deserve it. Well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to mute your mic. You, no, I'm gonna mute you it. Can anyway. weigh in. Well, I was gonna mute it anyway. Fantastic but. game, game four last night, back and forth affair. Abs never lead until they get to overtime. The I, I was ready after the first thirty seconds to drop kick Darcy Kemper uh, right into the Atlantic Ocean because he, he gives up a goal in the first twenty six seconds, and I'm like, I, I was already mad that he was starting. Didn't think he deserved to start after his woeful performance uh, in game three. But he was brilliant after that. I, I, I take it back. My apologies, Darcy. He faced a almost like, what, 40 shots 
was unbelievable. Kept the abs in the game when they weren't playing well. They got dominated the first period. Outshot 17-4. to Ass-kicking. Wow. Absolute ass-kicking. They looked like they were just deer in the headlights. They come out. They win the next two periods. They're, they're better than the Lightning. They get to. They finally get two goals. Vasilevsky is. He's given up his easy goals for the series. He's playing fantastic. He's one of the best keepers in the league. Uh, he's showing it. And I'm a little bit nervous. But the Avs control the overtime, chance after chance after chance. And what was your reaction? It was one of the more bizarre game-winning goals that I can it was remember. Weird, yeah. I, first of all, you're welcome for the win. You did tell me you were turning it on. We were down two to one, and you were like, the third period was just starting. You were like, every time I turn the, one of these games on, the Avalanche start rolling. And right after you text me that, like I get the game on my phone because I'm trying to get Virginia to sleep. <laughs> Were you watching your phone? Yeah, I was for a little bit. interrupt for, you for this the phone brief call, period. Yeah. No, it was like right at that same time, like this brief period. And rise, I get the game up on the ESPN Plus stream. Um, F score tied up, and you yeah. were like, "You're welcome." You're welcome. Don't you? And it, well, of course, we all know they won is because I stayed on as on overtime. By the way, sorry, Scoots, because I forgot to tell you, I don't know if you knew this, Scoots is a big Lightning fan. Oh, really? Yeah, because of his time down in Florida. Well, that makes sense. So, and he got to go to a bunch of games when he was down there, so he likes the Lightning. Uh, it's just obviously he's such a diehard fan. He's made it very clear through this entire run over the last three years. But not, I didn't even realize it until yesterday. He I was as well. Say, like if you ever uh, like, should know somebody was a lightning I fan, I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. But so I, yeah, I was one. I do have a couple of questions. One, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of hockey. No. Okay. So so tell me if I'm wrong. Two things kind of stuck out to me. One, for the most of the third period, not as much overtime. The, the overtime I thought was kind of cool, but the third period. It didn't seem like there was any, like, it was it just like a bunch of drunks kind of running around chasing the puck. It looked like there was no control going on. There was a lot of dumping and chasing. They were they, they got tired. And also, is this a new thing? Or is this, it felt like the Colorado, like, Colorado did this more than Tampa, but Tampa did as well. So, instead of just passing the puck, just airborne, airborne, uh, airborne. Yeah. It's funny yeah. you say that there was a whole lot of, like, flipping the puck up in the air last I mean, night. It, it was, okay, so it, that wasn't it caught me. my eye, too. Okay. I noticed it, too. And then it was almost like it was contagious. Like, one side started doing it, and then the other side started doing it, Yeah, too. I mean, yeah. Colorado, I mean, it seemed like constantly. It made, it made my depth perceptions off, so maybe I'm just thinking it's up in the air and it's on the ice, but no, I don't think. you're not wrong. Okay, so that's not normal then, right? That's, I don't know if it was a change based on something the Lightning had been doing in Game 3 it, that was effective. Shouldn't it be frowned upon, like, Pushing the puck off the ice unless you're shooting the ball. Well, it's dangerous because it's dangerous because if you you know if you hit the puck into the stands without yeah. somebody touching it, it's a delay of game penalty. Well, not to mention we saw what happened to Ross. Well, that too. That's, <laughs> that's why they have more nets now than they did back in the nineties. But uh, they go to the overtime. Avs have several chances to score. Hit the crossbar now, a couple times. In overtime, it looked more like a cool hockey because especially the Avs playoff overtime is incredible. Because as a dominated it, and b there were multiple possessions where. I don't want to call it like a half-court offense, but they kind of slowed it down and looked more like they were doing something yeah. to score short of the fast break, which how he didn't score in that first fast break. O'Connor? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know the names. Yeah, um, yeah he didn't get a whole lot of – didn't get a good stick on it. He didn't triple-deke it. He only double-deke Did it. not triple-deke it. But yeah. uh, Nazem Kadri, who had been – if you remember the name, we talked about him during the Blues series because he was the, the focal point. He hurt the goalie for the Blues – Blues fans thought it was intentional. Oh, Avs yeah. fans thought it was unintentional. They sent him all this like racist stuff, and they had to have extra security there. And he, right after that happens, he scored a hat trick in St. Louis to basically win that series. He gets hurt. He hadn't played the entire Stanley Cup Finals before last night. Comes back, scores the game winner, and it's this bizarre game winner where he scores. Nobody realizes that it goes in. It's like D two, like when Julie. The opposite though. Julie Cat doesn't have the puck. Like the light doesn't go off. The players don't react, and there's a great like ice level video angle of it that shows like Kadri, he, he kind of like turns around and is like, oh, he th- thinks he scored 
and then he sees that like no, there's no reaction, so he's just like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, what happened? And he like starts skating back, and then just like four guys just start celebrating because they know it's in. Well, you can tell the goalie's expression too. They were like, he even knows he's, he's he did, like he didn't complain like right away, which is how yeah. you knew like he was kind of I think surprised well, that the light didn't go off. But like, like watching it from home is this weird thing because you expect like play to just continue. Like he he shoots it. It clearly doesn't go in based on the camera angles. Like nobody's celebrating, nobody's doing anything, and then like they cut to a different angle, and then all of a sudden, boom! Like players are celebrating up against the glass, and you're like, "What? What? What? What just happened?" Well, isn't that how they they clinched the uh, their conference finals too in the same way? Because they had that a little high, bit, yeah. They had that high puck kind of. They were they were controversial whether it was a good goal. Yeah, but or you not. knew it was a goal at the time, like right away. You knew, at least it no went behind the you net. You knew the puck it. went in the net. Yeah, this, this time you had no idea that it even went in. I think the announcers tried to like cover it up like you can kind of maybe they couldn't tell if it was on top of the net or It was and, a weird thing and then they show the replay. It, went, it got crammed under like exactly. underneath where the light thing goes off in the net. Right. But then they show the replay like slow motion and it's obvious that he, oh, you know, yeah. he beats him top shelf and it goes in and you're like, "Oh my god." Like but, but like I didn't know when to, whether to celebrate or not. And there's like, a video I put on Card Chronicle of these two girls watching the game where they have they go through all those emotions they're like oh and they sit back and they're like wait what and like they start <laughs> celebrating and then they they like don't want to get too excited in case it's just false celebration by the abs and they show the replay and then they go nuts uh it was just a, a very very strange game and now the lanch one went away yep. from locking up the stanley cup i i was thinking for some reason they were up 3-1 going into last night oh, which no. is why i called for like the 5-2 to two win oh that'll be in game that's game five's final score because it, what it, because I remember I, I sent you this last night. I told you that's the pattern. You know, they get the game three with save face by Tampa, game four fight for our life but fall short game, and then now they get as teams that are not as good as their opponent are in championship series will get eliminated by probably five to two or four to one tonight or whatever the next game is. I would it'll be yeah Friday Friday uh, Friday yeah. night. I would like to see them do it at home. If it was if it was a two three two series, I think Tampa would get a big win in this one. Which and then Colorado would clinch in six. How do you feel about? I was having this discussion with my father in law over the break. I, I feel like two three two is, is such an unfair setup. I can't stand it because it puts so much pressure on the team that should have the advantage. If you lose one of those first two games at home, you're, yeah. you're, you're like, "Whoa, I'm, we're done. We got to win we two out of three, basically, to feel good about ourselves on the road." Two like two two one 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 is the only way to it's do it. It's perfect. I hated two three two. I mean, I guess. I guess the NBA is the one who did start it, and it, and it, it had reason. I mean, it was started mainly because you know you had the Lakers and Celtics playing constantly. We didn't have the air travel, ex, you know, express that we have currently today. So you, you wanted to give those that you wanted to keep them in that side of the region, you know, as long as you could. So that's why they went to it in the NBA in the eighties. But yeah, that's it's been so out of date. I mean, they should have gotten rid of it by like ninety. And and I think the NBA did officially get rid of it, didn't they? Or they, they're not doing two three two anymore. No, they do the two two. Yeah, but they just, they did it all the way up to the mid two thousands. Yeah, because I remember when the Pacers were in the two thousand, we were two three two. And yeah, I, I've never been a fan of it. Two two one 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 is the by far perfect way. So now we get a chance to lock it up on Friday. And I was thinking about it last night. Like I remember vividly. Nice little Friday night. You don't have to get yeah, it Saturday. Not bad at all. Yeah. I remember vividly where I was and, like, the situation surrounding, like, both times the Avalanche have won it before in my lifetime, like, those lockup games. Like, 96, people always ask, like... <laughs> to all three different scenarios. <laughs> yeah, p- people ask me, like, you know, I get it on Twitter every time I post something about the Avs, like, what, why are you an Avalanche fan? Which, I understand. I mean, I'm a Louisvillian who cheers for the Lions and the Reds, like, this a team in Denver. First of all, there's no hockey anywhere around here anyway. I well, mean, but, you know, Preds, Blue Jackets are <laughs> relatively close. But, you know, people will, will ask the origin story. My story is, like, I grew up... I got two older brothers, and like I worshipped my brother Oliver growing up. He was like my hero. I wanted to do everything he did, and he, went he was on, the first one I requested to do a show with. Yeah, he went. He went on a <laughs> uh, class trip to Quebec 
back when the Nordiques were up there still. Okay. And he like fell in love with classic. fell in love with hockey, fell in love with with the Quebec Nordiques. And I mean he still is. Like he still plays. His his youngest son is a big into hockey, like big time nice. hockey guy. Like Oliver's just all about hockey. And so when he came home and got super into hockey, like I just did whatever he did, and I got really into hockey. Got into the Nordiques. And this would have been what ninety four, early nineties, yeah, three ish. Maybe they moved to to Colorado a few years after that, and I, we just so we're always fans. I just always rooted for him. And so Nordiques were decent their last couple of years, and then they won right when they went they to won. Colorado. I think they were really bad. In the, well, they were awful because one of the Nordiques, the team that was going to draft Lindros. I don't know. In 91, I think, or 92. They had Sackett. When they got Sackett, they started to get good. And he, he, refi- he, he just refused to play for them, and so they had to sell him to... to, to Maybe, because I know Bellamy. Oliver hated Eric Lindros. But yeah, Lindros was think, kind of a D anyway. Oh, he was, yeah. yeah. He ended up turning out he had to be very injury-prone. Kind of Jeff George of the hockey world. So, 96, I'm like... I would have been like 11 years old. And Oliver's... This is still when he's like living with my parents. I think he was getting ready to go to law school. And I, I got game four, because they swept the Panthers. It was triple overtime. Like, it ended at like one... 45 a.m. And it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, I got to, we, like, we stayed up late. Like, yeah. Uwe, Uwe Krupp, I'll never forget it, scored the goal. Defensive in with us, like, a relatively harmless slap shot from uh, near the line. Like, like wins it. Like, I'll, I'll never forget, like, that whole night and just going nuts and, like, celebrating. It was awesome. And then 01, I'll never forget this either because we had played. And how old were you, 96 again? I'd been, like, 11 years old, I guess. Okay, so, for the, first of all, for those who are questioning you, I've already said the rules have been set. You're allowed to jump on a bandwagon when you're, like, under 12. As long as you stay, yeah, but like with. I, I've been rooting for the team like for like probably. But I'm just three, saying, even if you being then. accused of that, that you're allowed to at a young enough age to jump on a bandwagon. Oh yeah, and look, as the, long as you stay with them throughout the time. And the Avs have been terrible for the last, basically since this period of time, and I've been a yeah, fan still. Exactly. So in 01, it was the summer before my junior year of high school. I guess I was a sophomore. I just finished sophomore year of high school, and um, I was playing on like different baseball teams. And I remember I played for the Trinity like varsity, the, their summer team in the morning. And then our St. Matthews team was playing an afternoon game in Lexington against the Bryan Station Bar, like kids who were like two or three years older than us. Yeah. And so I drove from Louisville after playing in the, the Trinity game to the, the, Lex- the game in Lexington against Bryan Station, and I was pitching. Unbeknownst to me, three of my friends had driven up together who weren't playing in the Trinity game and had like all like gotten high on the way up there and were very stoned during this game because it was like, it was kind of like a meaningless game. It wasn't like a big tournament. We were just like getting ready for postseason stuff. Never understood how I, I never I can do that for video games, but I never could do it for real sports. Well, they couldn't either. Yeah, I mean, I used to have my bad friends that did it too. I've never I couldn't even play pickup ball with a, with a, with a high. So I'm like a 15 year old pitching against these dudes who are like 17 and 18 who are, <laughs> are better. And like I'm pitching my I'm, I'm pitching very well, and like my best friend is playing second base. It's just you know giggling his ass off drops a pop fly at one point with like <laughs> runners on second and third and two outs that would have gotten us out of the inning and like i'm trying to get mad rule. i'm trying to get mad well, no it's not an overfill fly rules two outs oh two outs okay yeah. i'm trying to get mad but like they're just like laughing at me like giggling they're like well, who cares what is this game and i'm like i'm pitching like i'm, I'm trying <laughs> and like after that we ended up i ended up driving back with them to my my buddy's house and watched the last game of the devil's avalanche i think i call it like we, we got it back at, like, the start of the second period, and I remember going nuts over at his house. Like, nice. but, like, I'll never forget that day because I remember how mad I was during the game that my buddies were just, like, stoned off the wacky weed and not <laughs> taking it seriously while I was having to pitch against these man-children from Bryan Station. I love how – I love the, the progression of stories from being a kid, staying up, being so happy, <laughs> to uh, hanging out with your buddies. A lot to five years. A lot to hanging out, to hanging out with your buddies who are just are stoned and causing your ERA to go from two to six. And then the third title on Friday night – You'll be watching on your phone while you're rocking. Trying to get my daughter while to sleep. While seeing Peppa yeah. the Pig rocking your daughter to sleep. <laughs> oh, man. 
I mean, the the, the 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 timeline progression is awesome. It is, yeah. I mean, it's, and then, I can't wait till they win their fifth one, and it's when you know, when when Virginia's changing your diaper and, and you're, you're dead, trying yeah. to put you to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, because this is you know, I think about that summer. Yeah. Oh, one, like, and in my mind, it doesn't seem like it's all that long ago. And then you look at the years, and it's like, well, that was 21 years ago. Like it's longer than I'd been alive at that point. It's a longer distance of time between then and now than I'd been alive when it was uh, back in 01. So uh, very excited to see the Lanch hopefully get this done, whether it's Friday or Sunday or early next week. But Do you uh, want to get Friday? Well, especially not because Sunday night's the pay-per-view. You don't want to have to deal exactly. with that. Exactly. I don't want to miss that. I was worried. I was glad. Or originally, I was glad that it was Friday because I was excited. I've got buddies coming to town this weekend, and we were all going to my morning jacket at the, at the waterfront. Oh, really? Nice. And they announced today they had to cancel both concerts, Friday, Saturday. Jim James tested positive for COVID. <sighs> and uh, so they—, they like I felt bad for that myself. Sucks. There's there's a small part of me though. Like I've been not feeling great this week, and I'm supposed to stay out of the sun anyway. And like being out Saturday <laughs> for five hours and like the beating sun, I was like, how am I gonna do? Like I don't want to be a pansy, and like I don't want to use this as an excuse. But yeah. I also don't want to die. Like drop dead on the waterfront. So there's a part of me that was a little bit relieved. Uh, hopefully, we I think we're still gonna keep the sitter and try to do something. But I felt bad for myself when the, the news came out. Go to a hotel and just take some time to yourself. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do dinner or something. We'll yeah. we'll figure out something. I felt bad for myself, and then like, somebody who follows me on Twitter was like, my son plays with the uh, Louisville Leopards, which is like a, a like local music group. Like, I think, like not, I don't know if it's percussion or whatever, but okay. he, was, he was going to get to play one of their songs off the record with the band Aww. on stage. And I was like, well, I feel bad. Like, this kid, like, he's probably been looking forward to this for months. Like, that sucks. Well, I would think they're going to come back at some point. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they haven't played in Louisville in six years. This was, like really? a big, this was a big deal. They were going to play Iroquois Amphitheater tomorrow night and then Waterfront on Saturday. And they didn't – I hated the wording because they said it, it wasn't postponed. It was just canceled. Like, they're, they're released. Mm. Like, we're going to try to figure it out, try to get back. But for right now, that is, that, refunds that is, coming. I was like, yeah, that's That nice. is a bad – yeah, that's, a, that's not a good omen for, for the possibility of them returning. So. You know what I think happened here? They probably have dates that are booked up beyond – to a certain point where maybe they just feel like it's not worth teasing coming back because they don't know if it's how feasible it'll be. Could be. You know what I think happens here? Jim James is a UK fan. Is he? Yes, he really. He's a UK fan. He was some, say uh, next, right? Some other members of the band are, are UL fans. James okay. is a UK fan. He didn't like this recruiting. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You guys get Ruben Owens. You're getting DeAndre Moore. You're getting Pierce Clarkson in this top 10 class. I'm going I'm to take something away from you. You can't have it all. So I'm pulling this concert out from underneath you. And unless the big dog starts getting in some big time recruits, we're not playing. Wait a minute. Why have we, if he's such a UK fan, why, why, why have we not seen Jim Jones doing the recruiting stuff with him? He's like, so he's a is it U- James or Jones. What is it? Jim, Jim James. Okay. I can't remember that. So he's a, he's a UK fan, but he's not like diehard, I think. And he's, he's, he's the classic old school UK ba- fan. Who's more like, he's like watches basketball. Is and it that's bad to, it. To, for me to like, when I see him in the stereotype of thinking like, there's no way this guy like really cares that much about sports. Yeah, I mean, he, does, he just looks like the kind of guy that'd be like, "Yeah, I'm a UK fan." Well, who's the coach? He'd be like, "Do you know?" See, but around <laughs> here, I think it's different. Like around here, you see those types of guys. Like I'll, I'll say, like one of the other guys, sort of a lesser known band from that time that was big for a brief period was VHS or Beta from Louisville, and their lead singer uh, Craig Funder, who kind of looks the same way. Like looks like a guy that you wouldn't expect to be. Is like a like text me like all the time. Like what's up with this recruit? Like what's going on? Is like a diehard Louisville. I mean, fan. I guess I, I shouldn't be because I guess somebody look, maybe think the same about me. I don't know, but I don't have like the. I don't have the full hippie look going, so I mean, it's but it's it's Louisville. I feel like even if you look a certain way, I expect you to know 
Plus, I mean, you, you, I mean, I know my I know my morning jacket music. I mean, it's a jam band. I mean, you, yeah. just, you don't use again the stereotype because you know we got a guy like our our man Dugan Ryan, who's a huge jam band guy, and he he loves sports as much as anybody, but and follows it religiously. So, it's see, kids, this is why you don't stereotype. You don't stereotype. It's why you don't stereotype. They're there for a reason sometimes, but don't do it. They're not. <laughs> Come on. Why are you winking at me? I'm not winking. <laughs> I'm not winking. Somebody asked the inter- our intern uh, Jenna last week if she uh, puffed the magic dragon, and she got mad because I kept t- saying she was winking at me when she, when she denied it. <laughs> She's like, I swear I don't. I'm like, okay, I get it. Wink, wink. It's- <laughs> see, I just see. I, I have the opposite feeling. Like, I, I just assume everybody in this area or who's from this area knows at least a little bit of something about Louisville, I, Louisville or Kentucky basketball. You're right. that's the way it is. Yeah. I mean, you're... One of my favorite stories of all time about, like, this area. I've, I think I've told the one about the family when I was working at the law firm who, like, walked in and they were like, you happy about your new player? And I knew exactly – I knew they were talking oh, about Pikeville, Elijah Justice yeah, from yeah. Pikeville. <laughs> Another story from that time, I, I used to have to always go over to the county clerk's office and file stuff. And I walked in one day and there was, like, a fully, like, like tattooed woman. There was a fully, like, like old lady, like, classic, like, grandma-looking, like, 75-year-old. And there was, like, just standard, like, 40-year-old woman. And they were discussing – who was the best looking Louisville men's basketball player? <laughs> and like, I walked right in the middle of the discussion. They're like, they're like Siva though, and like, and then like the tattooed one was like Mike Mara's my guy and all this stuff. And like, I'm really like, Mara? I'm just like listening in. I'm like, what do you guys think about Van Trees? I was just like, I was like, how do I? I was like, how do I not creepily get into this conversation? I was like, it's not possible. I just stayed silent, handed him my papers, like let him stamp them and head back out. But I'm like, this is this is Louisville. This is what it is. This is this is how we are around here. I assume everybody knows at least something. About the two big local basketball. It may not be, even if it's not because how good they are, and it's just how handsome they look. They still follow the roster. Well, we successfully wasted 35 minutes there. Uh, Go Avs. I disagree. I don't want to waste. I thought it was was, we covered everything we needed to. We're done. We'll take a break. (laughs) When we come back, I want to talk about the. I want to start with basketball today. We'll talk about Fabio Basile. There's an update there that I've got. Um, Also, Master P is talking with Eric Crawford, which is Uh, a statement that I could not be more happy to make. Just imagine. Master P talked with Eric Crawford. One of the best things I've ever had the, the chance to say on radio. We'll talk about what he said, why his son picked Louisville, and what he thinks about Kenny Payne. Also, there's some history between Kenny Payne and Master P. They had a little bit of beef. Uh, They've squashed it. And now good. there's no limit to the lengths they're willing to go to together. We'll talk about that after the break. Uh, keep it locked right here. 1450-961, the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Show Thursday edition rolling back here on 1450 AM 961 FM. Reminding you guys again, if you need sunglasses this summer, it's getting hot out there, it's getting bright. 
Hit up ShadyRays.com. Use our promo code BIGX when you check out. It's going to save you 25%. They got all sorts of brands, all sorts of styles. Trevor can't stop wearing his Shady Rays. He's wearing them right now in the booth. He looks great. I, I look like, I tell you, I kid you not, I look like Tom Cruise from Risky Business. He does. He keeps talking about it. He keeps saying it. Uh, nobody agrees, but they still love the sunglasses. It's fine. <laughs> ShadyRays.com. They're going to keep you warm. They're going to keep you safe. They're going to keep you hidden from the sun all summer long, and they're gonna, not going to burn a hole in your pocket. 25% off when you use the pro, promo code BIGX at checkout. And if something happens to those sunglasses in the first 30 days, they're going to hook you up with a replacement pair. Uh, no questions asked. That's the Shady Rays guarantee, Trevor. I want to post, post one of those half and half pictures on the first half. It's just me sitting there with no Shady Rays on. It says before. And the next to it, say after, and just put the picture of Tom Cruise when he puts the sunglasses on. <laughs> Risky business, that big grin on his face. That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, I mean, tell me that didn't go in, it shouldn't go in the advertiser right there. Uh, TJ Walker, the sports talker, a.k.a. TJ Walker, the card stalker, has go. texted in. To let you know, because you talked about how you, you've lost a little bit of interest in the NBA draft over the recent years. And I said, maybe, you know, the last couple, it's been because of the lack of a Louisville representation. And TJ said, only two U of L guys drafted in a decade and 40 UK guys is what burnt Trevor out of his favorite night of the year, this side of WrestleMania. <laughs> First of all. Yeah. He, he, TJ, come on. You know me. I, have, I don't watch WrestleMania anymore. I'm, I'm an AEW guy, man. Double or nothing, baby. All out. Would you care to venture how many U of L players have actually been drafted over the last 10 years. Well, so you're going to we'll say nine years. So well, so that would be what? 2013. 2013. Um, well, Siva got picked up since then. Uh, so has Montrez. I'll give you a hint. It's more than two. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Watch well, name two right there. Um, I'll say, was it been four? Ten. No, has it really been 10? 10. I mean, you, you figured yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, David Martin? Johnson got drafted last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jordan Wara two years ago. Yeah, there's four Race right Balding there. the year before. Five. Donovan Mitchell. Shinano Onowaku. Terry Rozier. Montrezl Harrell. is one I forgot about. Yeah. Russ Smith, Gorgie, and Peyton in 2013. So, I haven't had a first-round draft pick since Donovan in 2017. See, I was thinking Russ and Gorgie were the year before then, for some reason. I don't know why. I was... Yeah, Peyton and Gorgie were 2013, and then Russ was 2014. Okay. So and I, I always forget Trez dropped the second round after being talked about as like I mean, a lottery pick. I do I remember pick. him drafting. Uh, Anawaku's the one I forgot about. But Yeah, he was early second round, 37th yeah. pick overall. Now he's uh, overseas. He's one that won. He's, I mean, I wish he did come back for just one more year. Here's what I liked about Shinano Plus, he could maybe learned how to set an actual legal pick if he'd had. Here's what I liked about Shinano Anawaku. He what? hated Jeff Greer. Did he really? Greer never knew why. He just hated him. He hated him. Like he like no reason. One time, like Jeff came up to him in the locker room and he like ran away. And like Kenny Klein had to go after him, like scold him, and like apologize to Jeff. And like he's like every time Jeff talked to him, he like gave him some. He like would answer his questions. He'd be like, "No, yeah." He's just like I don't know if I wrote something that he like didn't like, but it was like a total just turn out of nowhere on me. He hated him. I'm like, well, I love him now. That's my guy. I want to like I want to ask him now. Where is that? Where is he playing? I think he was last yeah, I saw in Europe somewhere, right? Yeah, he was like the MVP of whatever championship game that I think it was an Italian league. He had like 32 points and like 12 rebounds and whatever he was playing. But he had a nice like he had he actually started an NBA game before he was out of the league. He had a nice little up and down between the G League and the NBA for a few years. Yeah, he but he just he was just so raw and just never got a chance to I don't think develop properly in the NBA. And sadly all anybody remembers him for is the underhanded free throws. Well, of course, but it was awesome. It was awesome. I know. I remember having him playing 2K and p- picking him up on 2K, picking him up on 2K, and just making sure to go to his settings and change his free throw shooting. He's playing in Israel. Also made him really awesome at free throw shooting when I made him underhanded too. Good. Because why wouldn't you be? Free throw under- underhand shooting is awesome. He is playing in Israel. Is currently. he okay? They just won the championship. He was the MVP. Um, 
MVP after scoring 30 points, 17 rebounds, four assists, four blocks um, in the championship game. They knocked out Tel Aviv, 87-82, just in case you're wondering. Shout no, to, what? Shout out to Shinanu. We love him. They, they, they beat Makai Tel Aviv? No, uh, Hapoel. I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sure. Okay. Tel Aviv. All right, good. Oof. Look, Tel Aviv's a big place. <laughs> you can't remember. I told you I, I spent like the two weeks gambling on, on that league. That's right. <laughs> and what I would do is, and I did really well uh, because, <laughs> A, I don't know. I don't remember what website it was. I did actually find a website that gave like updates of the games. Like followed, you could follow the score ticker, but what I would do is I just go to the the team Wikipedia page, and whoever had and most of those teams only allowed to have two Americans anyway. Whoever had the 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 the, the two I knew the best were the ones I would just go with, and that Makai Teledy team had the um, who was the forgotten kid out of Ohio State trio that came out with like Odin and uh, was it Cook Daquan Cook Yeah, they had Daquan Cook and they had another kid another guy from around that same time on the team and I was like oh, those guys are pretty good for for that league. And I'm, I like Daquan Cook. I just constantly bet them. Okay. Nothing, nothing to it. He did All well. Right. Let's give basketball updates. No Imani Bates update of the day. The update from yesterday is going to have to carry you over for another 24 hours. Although, actually, I take it back. We do have an Imani Bates update. Oh, of the what? Day. who is it? No, we, we don't. Like, we didn't decide what song to do. That's that's DJ Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Come on, Imani Bates. Money Bates update of the day. <laughs> Give it. This is a good. This is a good pick. I, was, I wasn't ready for this. I thought you were gonna do what we talked about yesterday, which is the South Park. <laughs> update and update and update. When's he gonna come in? Bates. Money Bates. Here we go. You know that is. Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. No, that's MacGyver. Oh, my God. I thought it was Chip and Dale, <laughs> no, Rescue Rangers. MacGyver. Even better. Because <laughs> Bates is the do-it-all. He fixes everything. Wow, that's perfect. <laughs> By the way, I do have I do have DJ Wagner's ready. We don't have me? an update for today. Uh, dude, no. Is, is, are we on the air? Yeah. Then we, we will have an update today. <laughs> All right. Monty Bates update today. Yeah. Come on, Monty Bates. I man. mentioned yesterday that the, the topic for the big radio station in Memphis yesterday was like, would Memphis take him back? Yeah. Now, today... <laughs> Today, the Memphis Commercial Appeal has a story out which claims that, one, Amani Bates' father was at Memphis recently ooh, wow. on campus ooh, ooh, ooh. talking to coaches, and two, Amani has been in contact with Penny Hardaway recently. <laughs> we, we promise you, this time we're going to let you stay at point guard. <laughs> so there's I that. Mean, do they have any other seniors to re- upperclassmen to replace them this year, halfway through the next year? I can't. Mem- keeping track of Memphis' roster is like trying to keep track of any pro roster. Yeah, they rotate very heavily. I mean, they, they just got the, like we said, the kid that we had recruited at one point that ended up going to like, uh, yeah. he, 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 he flamed out somewhere and then they ended up at like Drexel or something last year. I forget. Now. I know exactly who you're talking Acott about. Or... Yes. Yeah. I can't remember. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yes. Okay, and I'm trying to remember what small school he went to before he just ended up at uh, Memphis last this year. Yeah, he went up at Memphis. I can't remember. Uh, you're talking about um, Emmanuel Acott. Yeah, because um, Louisville recruited him heavily, didn't they? They did. I've got no idea where he went before then. I can't keep track because <laughs> he spent three years somewhere and then tra- didn't grad transfer. That's what Memphis year. does, though. He yeah. was uh, well, Memphis is his Boise State. Boise. He went to Arizona, then Boise yeah. State. And now, uh, now he's, he's at Memphis. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird seeing like these pages where they have like five full seasons on their Wikipedia pages and they're still playing. <laughs> That's him. Uh, didn't do. He was he was good at Boise State last year. He actually oh, played yeah. real well for them in their their one tournament game. We kind of kept him in it. Um, but 
You'll be a whatever player in Memphis. But there's your Monty Bates update of the day. Could be going back to Memphis. Still Memphis is a possibility. Memphis well, is apparently a possibility. What, where, where are we at with Tennessee coming into this this fray? Is that a new one? I haven't heard of that. I mean, I think there's the should, new one for today. I think we should start it, right? New one every day. Monday was Illinois. Tuesday was Michigan. Yesterday was Memphis. Uh, today we have a Memphis update. And now, uh, actually, here we go. Bates, according to Jason Muntz, who wrote this story for the Memphis Commercial Appeal, Bates reportedly still has interest from Louisville, Michigan, Arkansas, among others. Arkansas is now in it. Arkansas is in there. Welcome, Arkansas. How many scholarships does Arkansas have? They've signed like 17 players this offseason. <laughs> Plus, let's not forget they had like four McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah, they're the number two recruiting class in America yeah. coming in, and they still every day it's like, well, he's going to Arkansas. I'm like, how is Musselman doing this? I feel like Musselman's not counting his scholarships. He's just giving them out like candy. And then they're all going to get there, and they're be like, hey, Muss, we're like five over the limit. And he's like, ugh. All right. Everybody, uh, let's see here. <laughs> Let me ask you this question real quick before we move on to the, the masterpiece stuff and the, the, the Fabio Pastilli stuff. Uh, Chris Shutt, who covers IU basketball, is very, very funny. I follow him on Twitter. He had a thing. He was talking about the, you know, the, the PGA LIV live tour debacle that's going on. More and more PGA quote-unquote stars are making the jump to the Saudi League for money. Yeah. And he was trying to say if there was a Saudi League equivalent for basketball with college basketball, which coaches would be the most likely to take the money and run and not stay true to college basketball and leave? He had an obvious number one. I thought it was the, the most obvious number one as well. Who do you think it would be? Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl's 100% I, I'm right. cheating. I saw that. Oh, it's 100% right, though. Like, yeah, like he's I, I the agree, guy. Like, yeah. like not, he's like near the top of the game, but not at the top. Like yeah. Not too famous that it would be like a huge blow to college basketball, but obvious that he would do it. I, I'm trying to think if he would. I guess he'd have to be number one. Well, because this number three, I think, would also argue for number one, which was Steve Alford, I think. But Alford's like not even like really doing it. That's before. true. I mean, he's kind of like the. But he, I was gonna say Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson at least won stuff. Like Alford yeah. never really won anything. <laughs> Yet people still consistently wanted him. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he fell up for a long time, and now he's at uh, Nevada. Uh, but yeah, I think who else was on? I didn't. I didn't actually click on the tweet to see the entire list. I just liked the top three. We had Kim Mulkey, the female. Kim Mulkey was funny. Yeah. Who? Yeah. If there was, if this was like, if if this is a world where it's both men's and women's basketball, she may be ahead of Bruce Pearl. Uh, he had uh, Scott Drew at number two, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. I don't think. I think Drew yeah, would not. Was, he doesn't seem to have the personality of this. I can see the doing that. Would not run for the money. I mean, <sighs> am I going to be able to hate if I say Cal? I feel like Cal, though, is – he's too much of a superstar. I feel like he wouldn't want to – he's too late in the game. He wouldn't I mean, want to – he's getting the money here anyway. But I don't think he would leave. I, I really don't. I think he would stay true to college basketball. I don't know. Yeah, I could see him considering it. I don't think he would. What about Patino now at this point? Patino might. I mean, he went to Greece, for God's sakes. He might. But he went to Greece because he had no options here. True. But right, now, loves, right now you're comparing his option to Iona, so, I mean. He would go to the league and then just, like, complain about the league the entire time and then try to come back after a year. <laughs> Tom Green. Cream would absolutely go. <laughs> Kevin Ollie. Anybody involved in the FBI scandals, pretty much. I think Muslim I think Muslim would go. I think uh I mean, right now Sean Miller might go. I don't see Bill Self going. Unless no, he, no, unless no. he has no options after we Because the starting tour is not getting like the biggest names in the game right now. They like they got Brooks Kepka, but he's been terrible this year. He's I don't kinda, know. I, I know his name and I know Mickelson's name. Those are pretty big then, right? Names, but like they're not the best players in the world right now. Okay. It'd be like saying, you know But isn't it, when when you're when you're doing what they're doing in terms of getting a startup, isn't it 
maybe having a bigger name better than a better game? Oh, for sure. Okay. Like, it, but it, like, sort of to your point, it would be like getting Tom Crean over a guy like I don't know Scott Drew. Like Tom Crean, I feel like his name still probably pops a little bit more than Scott Drew just because he's been around for so long and had done. I mean, you could do. There's probably a better. You could do a Bruce Pearl versus Drew in that category. I mean, Pearl is obviously. Nowhere has been as successful as Drew, but in his name is probably more known amongst. He'd be like people. the Ricky Fowler of, uh, yeah, like his one Final Four trip would be like Ricky winning the players, but he's never won a Grand Slam. And he's never going to. It's like when AEW started. They, I mean, Jericho wasn't the. I mean, he's still good, but nowhere near the best in his profession. But his name was by far bigger than sure. than what he was still. I know who he is. Ring. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they, they brought him in right away. All right, let's talk about Fabio Basile. The oh, we also have Nick Kern in next hour. We got Nick Kern at four fifteen. Talk about the hope bats. He remembers because I just I had almost actually forgotten until you said you mentioned Kim Malarkey. I completely forgot, so I'm glad you remembered. And it, I'll, I'll tell you off the air why that might, might have been okay. <laughs> So Fabio Basile, yeah, on campus earlier this week. Everybody, we, we talked about him when it would happen. He's a class of 2023 20, point guard mm-hmm. for the moment, unranked. Unranked in that class, but he would be maybe. You know, we don't well, know. no, it'd be the opposite. If he's going up a class, he's probably not. I don't think he's going to jump into the rankings in 2022. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> let, me have, let me have my moment. But, <laughs> flawed logic, but that's okay. Uh, unranked in 2023, but he does have he does have scholarship offers to SMU and TCU, which is our you know, no nothing programs. But, Texas school's starting to hate us. Yeah. So he was on campus, and there's a lot of talk about him potentially reclassifying and being a part of this year's team. Could potentially be the backup point guard to L. Ellis. Um, I, I mentioned this like I, I like his game, and I know that the reaction amongst some Louisville fans and certainly rival fans is going to be well, no star prospect from the 2023 class reclassifying. What good? How good could he possibly be? He's done real well in the EYBL this summer. He just from watching his game, he's got sort of that weird ball family type shot. It goes in a lot. But he's a great passer. I think that's his best skill set. He is a little bit too right-hand dominant for a point guard. Like That's something that's going to have to be improved. He's great going to his right, does not go to his left very well uh, or very often. Um, but he would be a guy that you wouldn't be wanting to rely on for like 25 to 30 minutes a game right away. He'd be a guy who could you know, be a body in practice, give you some good minutes off the bench if when LLS needed a break, hopefully. And then the, the the expectation would be for him to develop into a good college player at some point during his junior senior year, right? I love the, the, the mindset of the fan base. We need guards. We need guards. Where's the guards? We got two guards coming right. Who are these guards? These guards aren't any good. We don't need these guards. So like, Basili was on campus, and I've seen a lot of people say, "Well, it's, this is done." He, I think there was even a, a tweet that was out there that was deleted about him. He's, he's going to be play for Louisville. He's going to reclassify. He's going to be a part. Here's my understanding. My understanding is that Basili is absolutely ready to become a Cardinal. He nice. wants to play for Louisville. He's ready to pull the trigger. The issue is getting him eligible. His transcripts are a little wonky. And Does he go to like a, one of those like he goes to a school academies in, or whatever? I think it's called Oak Ridge in Florida uh, is where he goes. They put a big number. He played with Mike James, current Cardinal. Um, oh, oh, yeah, you did mention that. Yeah. He plays for Kevin Knox slash Carter Knox's dad down there. So... I can't tell you exactly what the holdup is or what the likelihood of him getting eligible, but like from what I've heard, there's a question about whether or not he's going to be able to effectively reclassify. Um, and even if he can't reclassify, there's still some some stuff that has to get fixed on his transcript or worked on his transcript. So that's that's the holdup here. If that wasn't an issue, he would be. We, we would have an announcement right now. He'd be a cardinal. They would. He'd be practicing with the team. We'd be all good to go. They've got to figure out if this can be done, and. 
you have this situation a lot across the country in college basketball around this time of year. Like, can this kid reclassify? Can he not? We got to figure this out. We have to talk with the school. We have to see exactly where his credits stand. And that's going to be the holdup here. My expectation is that next week, we probably hear that he has gone ahead and committed to Louisville. I can't tell you if that reclassification is going to be like announced then. I think UofL is hopeful that it's going to be. I think they're optimistic that it's going to be, but we have to wait and see. And so I don't think we're going to hear anything until next week. But I would expect to hear something one way or the other before the end of next week, which is nice because that's also going to be the Imani Bates timeline, apparently. Are you would, would do you feel it was better for Louisville to look at a very low ranked person reclassifying up in this in this time of needing of a guard? I don't want to say I don't want to use word desperation, but in desperate in need of a guard or go after maybe compared to maybe some of the guys that are still out there that we know, but even, you know, this guy's a third string Boise state guard, but he's also, you know, maybe a grad transfer guy. Do you, do you think they made the right choice? Maybe looking at this pattern instead of the other path? Well, I don't know who they would have an opportunity with. I'd have to know exactly who I mean, like, we know there are some guys that are like second string, small school guys that are out there. Right. I mean, right. And I don't know which one of those, would have interest in Louisville. I don't know if there's like a guy that is just begging for a U of L offer, but isn't going to get one. Like I would have to know that before answering your question. I know there's a good connection. I mean, this also, let's be honest, like this helps Louisville with Carter Knox, who's a five-star prospect in the 2024 class. Who's going to be one of the best players in that class. Who's a probable one and done candidate. And I think with Kenny Payne, does he want to come in and be competitive right away? Of course he does. Like he wants next year's season to go as well as it possibly can. Is he also, keeping the long-term vision in mind with some of these moves? Yeah. Like, there's no question about it. Case in point, again, he brings in Hersey Miller. We're going to talk about him coming after the, after the break because we've, we've talked too long here. Hersey is – maybe he's a diamond in the rough, like his dad says. Maybe he can be a, a guy who contributes to the, the success of Louisville basketball over the next few years. But even if he can't, his younger brother is a top 40 player in the 2024 class. His dad is very influential. Knows a lot of people. Coached AAU at a high level back in the day. It's not a bad kid to take on, even if he doesn't wind up helping you on the court. I would say kind of the same thing about Fabio Basile. You've got a line now to what Carter Knox and Kevin Knox's dad is doing in Florida. You have a line directly to Carter Knox. I, Hey, it's worth it. And I, I do think the kid has some game. I'm not just saying that. Talking about Fabio? Yeah. I've watched, I'm, watch, I'm actually watching a clip of his now. Again, I, I think he's too right-hand dominant. I think he's his, his shot is a little bit funky. He's got. It's he's very, a great pass. Very low is what you. Is, I think what he's got the yeah the ball kind of the got, elbow yeah. out push shot mm-hmm. like kind of a little funky motion. As long as it goes in, I don't care how it looks. But yeah, but it's still it's not a that's the type of shot to get you blocked with against better talent. Because what I'm watching him play against right now, it's not exactly the end all be all. Of, it's not. But, but to be fair, he played in the UIBL this summer a little bit, and he's played really well. He's yeah. turned a lot of heads there, so I think he he's feeling good about himself. He's Mike James vouches for him. They played well together when they were on the same team, so. I would take him. Um, is he a guy? Shot. And here's the thing: like, you can still do both. <clears throat> Even if we take him, Andy Monty Bates, you've got two scholarships left. You can go out and get the kid from Central Michigan yeah. uh, who's available. You can go out and get another one of these, like you talk about backup guards that maybe can help you right away more than Fabio Basile can. It's not a either or situation. And the fact that Hershey's a walk on, we, I mean, you still you said no, we don't have two, but we still have three scholarships left, then, right? As of right now, but if, if we take Bates and Basile, then we have two. We have as of as yeah, of right yeah. now, we have nine scholarship players. Yeah, and then and, and that's what get and we'd still have two adding Miller, 
Bates and Basile. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, we, we could give Miller, I guess, a scholarship if we really wanted to, but I think I guess that's more of a— It sounds like they're not going to. I think that's more of them holding off, not wanting to use it for not this year, but next year and the year after probably, I would think. I think that was their original plan. I think then, again, I, I can't tell you exactly the details. All I know is three weeks ago when I was told about this, there was like, hey, there's still some red tape to cut through as far as getting him on scholarship. We're not sure if it's going to be doable. We're trying to you know cut all the ins and outs, but he's going to be a part of here. And— um, how whatever happened, they weren't able to get him on scholarship. And maybe that was just the, the Miller family was cool with it. Maybe it's a situation where they want to keep that scholarship open, and then if they don't get a guy that they really like, hey, Hersey, you're on scholarship. I mean, Patino did that all the time. Remember, yeah, he, oh, would, yeah. he put David Levitch on scholarship when they didn't have enough. He would put, I think, Brad Giannini got one. Like, there were a lot of guys who came to Louisville as walk-ons, and then when the scholarship situation played out the way it did and they didn't need to add another player, it just went to a walk-on. I, that, that could definitely be a situation here. All right, we've talked over the top of the hour. We'll go to break. When we come back, I do want to talk about this Master P conversation with Eric Crawford. A lot of good stuff in there to get to. Uh, we'll also touch on the football things going on, uh, who's coming in this weekend, who was here earlier this week. More people butthurt about what Louisville football is doing on the recruiting trail. We'll get into all that good stuff in hour number two, and we'll take your text on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, and hour number two is on the way next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Drama, living with the police right behind you. It's always more than a slight reminder. We living in a war zone like Welcome in the second hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Thursday in sunny Louisville, Kentucky. I just saw, I was looking at the uh, trending topics on Twitter right now, uh, the Biden administration plans to pay some CIA agents who have had Havana syndrome roughly $100,000 to $200,000 each, each for their mysterious health problems. And I looked up like what they have, and it's like brain fog, headaches, dizziness, like fatigue. I'm like, well, that's what I've been dealing with for the last two months. So Is it Havana or high? Can I just <laughs> do I have Havana syndrome? Can I go? Does somebody want to go halfsies with me on a Havana syndrome diagnosis? Can Havana? Why? Well, I mean, you just you just have a different disease every day. I, hey, if I'll have whatever they're going to pay me for, whatever I will pay whatever I've got to pay to make it better. But if it's not going to get better, I'd like to have two hundred thousand dollars as compensation. That's all I'm going to say. I would, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I, mean, I deserve two hundred thousand dollars for compensation. Man, yeah. <laughs> How do they get Havana disease? Is it Havana? Havana. It's weird. They said that it was first reported by some agents that were in Cuba, and now agents that have been on every uh, continent besides Antarctica have we're reported having the same very thing. Very clever with naming our diseases, are we? Just wherever we think it's from. Pretty much. <laughs> the Lou flu. I mean, we're pretty much right on the nose with these things, right? <laughs> it's like my mom would always do the thing where she would like just put an E at the end of every animal's name. Like, it's uh, oh, it's uh, rabbity. It's uh, squirrely, squirrely the squirrel. Like she would just do that thing. Just zero creativity. Uh, we've got Nick Kern coming on at four fifteen to talk about what's going on this week at Slugger Field with the Louisville Bats. So we don't have a whole lot of time to jump into the uh, Master P conversation. We'll save that. I'll bring this up then instead. Since we've talked so much football recruiting, Texas fans have been all butthurt about what Louisville's doing. Let's they got go some friends. good news. They may, yeah, well, I just used it. So okay. it's fine. I'm bringing it back. They're probably going to shut up about Ruben Owens and everything going on right now because I don't know if you saw this today. They got a commitment from the number one player 
in the class of 2023 who has a very famous last name, Arch Manning, a quarterback from the Manning family, has committed to Texas. He did. Has popped for Texas. I did not see that. Big deal. He's the number two trending topic well, yeah, on Twitter right that's now. Yeah, Cooper's son. I mean, there was a big t- – like, a lot of people thought, for obvious reasons, he would maybe go to Ole Miss – there was a the, well, the biggest buzz the last few months has been he's going to go to Clemson. Clemson and LSU were the two leaders that I because I'm kind of I don't want to say I followed him, which obviously I'm not since I didn't know he committed. It's today, hard not to. Everybody's talking about. Yeah, him. I mean, but I've heard. I mean, you you've heard about him since his freshman year in high school. You know, he's the next Manning. I mean, come on, it's the it's the name that everyone knows. So yeah, it's that's some that wow Texas. The question now becomes Trevor. Well, why the question what? now becomes Trevor is Texas back. No. He's going to go to four Alamo Bowls. And it's going to be, or three, I guess, and then he'll go pro. What does Sark have on these? I mean, Money. is he just that charming that he continues to get a job? He's getting recruits, and he's awful. It does kind of make sense. Maybe now they had to save some of that Reuben Owens bag for Arch Manning. Oh, Arch Manning costs 10 times what Reuben Owens. If Reuben got seven figures, which is what people are talking about out there, you have to assume Arch Manning got like 10 mil. Oh, easily. Easily, <laughs> Cooper's like, yeah, yeah. You guys got to win Super Bowls. I'm making, I'm making as much money as you guys did in the NFL. Cooper's like, oh, my son, it's all my, coming yeah, around it's now. All coming it's around. all, yeah, everybody was laughing. <laughs> Hope you got those jokes out for the last 15 years, because now it's all, everything's turning up, Coop. While you guys were playing sports, I was teaching my kids to play sports. <laughs> Daddy's finally gonna love me a little bit more now. <laughs> time to get some quality father-son time in for the first time in 40 years. Did Peyton and Eli have kids? I think they do, but they're young. And I think Peyton does, Peyton, but Peyton young. has daughters, I believe. I'm not mistaken. He may have son, but I, I think he has one son. Okay, you could be right. I've got no idea about Eli. I try yeah. to know as little about Eli as possible. He's just, I, I he's just can't funny picture anybody even sleeping with Eli. I mean, it just looks so weird and goofy. Can you think about Eli Manning having sex? <laughs> I mean, he still would have the same face the entire time that he always has. Do you, do you think in the middle of it, he's like, oh my, oh my, and he flips her over? <laughs> no, he's not that. He would have to, like, talk. <laughs> Who, Peyton? No, Eli. <laughs> oh, Eli? Oh, no, Eli would just be weird. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, yeah. I'm trying to imagine him in the bedroom, and it's just, it's, I, I just imagine him with the same exact face. Just that expression stoic. he looks like he just smelt his own fart type yeah, look. That, that yeah, that blank stare into the void yeah. just the entire time. Like, you'd, you'd be like, are you done? Was that the whole thing? You never changed your facial expression the entire time. <laughs> yeah, that would be, uh, yeah, that would be very unusual. I don't, I can't find if Peyton Manning has kids. I mean, he's, he's kept his private life very secret, has he not? He has, especially when you compare him to Tom Brady. Like everybody knows, Tom Brady's got the hot, you know, the the supermodel wife and blah blah blah. But like, if you were to ask me, like, was Peyton Manning even married? I'd be like, I, I mean, I he does keep it very private. So he, yeah, his, his, I mean, I don't even, I can't even tell you what his wife looks like. So he has twins, uh, a daughter and a son. Okay, All right, they cool. had twins in, in March of 2011. So they, you know, we should be hearing his son. Yeah. yeah, his son's name is Marshall Williams. His daughter's name is uh, Mosley Thompson. So yeah, you should we should be hearing something about. His son, if he's going to play football in the next few years, I wonder if Arch Manning will be any good. He looks pretty good. I mean, I know he goes that he goes the same like I think the private school in, in Louisiana that, that all the other ones did. He's huge too. He's like six four, two twenty, and he and he's like you're like trucking dudes. I mean, he's he's your you know prototype sized quarterback, six four, six five, two twenty, two thirty. You know, yeah, he went to uh, Isidore Newman in New Orleans. Yeah, it's the same school I want to say his brothers went to or his uncles went to. He's good. Yeah, it's going to be Texas. Wow. I mean, that's that's odd. If you're Ole Miss, I mean, at one point you gotta be like, "Come on, man, we can only get one." I mean, we got how many times did we show this kid the blind side? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they got Eli. 
Don't get me wrong. And Eli did win a an SEC West championship. Divisional title. Divisional title with them, yeah. Was that, was that Houston Nutt was his coach or something like that, I think? I think that's right. I think, yeah, because he was there about the same time. I mean, so they, they did get, I guess, that. And that was, like, really the best that they, Ole Miss had had since, since Pop was there. And still kind of is. And, yeah, and still, you're right, it still is. So, but then they lost Peyton to Tennessee. Now they're losing. Did Cooper go to Ole Miss? Is that where his career was shortened at? I feel like he didn't play college football. I think he, I don't think he played college football, but I think he went to Ole Miss. But he didn't, he wasn't ever on the roster in any way. Like, he didn't get hurt during his Ole Miss days. He went to, yeah, oh, he went to Ole Miss. Okay. So, man, you gotta come on. How are you gonna let him get to Texas, though? I mean, going to Louisiana, getting losing them to LSU, okay. Clemson, maybe. I hadn't followed it really but closely Texas? since, like, the last time I'd heard it. I heard the same thing you did. It was like Clemson was, seemed to be the front runner. Ole Miss was definitely in the mix, and LSU was right there. Yeah. And so, I, I guess there had been buzz the last few weeks that Texas was making a big push. I mean, I'd but heard them. To but me, it came out of nowhere today. I mean, I'd heard their name on list, but when I heard it, it was just like they were just being thrown. To me, they were just being put on there for he also, to, fill, to fill the list out. He also made, like, the the least flashy commitment of all time, which in this day and age I kind of appreciate. Well, he's a Manning. Like, he just tweeted out a picture of himself in, like, a, a Texas cutoff T-shirt dropping back for a pass and just said, committed to the University of Texas. Hashtag right. hook him. And that was it. That's he's all. Ma- I mean, do you see interviews with him ever anywhere, really? His bio on Twitter I mean, is high school student. Yeah. That's all it says. He's a Manning. I, I mean, like it. I mean, that's just it's refreshing the, that's a little the, bit. That's that family, though. I mean, the, when the Mannings, ever they really been flashy? and It's also his only tweet. I mean, is it really? It's his only tweet. I like him. He's I mean, he's verified, so I think everybody assumes it's him. But he has one tweet, and it's his commitment from today. I do like, yeah. I hasn't, like him. Hasn't liked any tweets. Doesn't follow anybody. Has 37,000 followers. And that's it. That's all he's done. I feel like he's never going to end up at Texas though, for some reason. Because he's only a junior. He, he's in the same class as Clarkson, right? He's yeah. No, no, no. He's twenty twenty three. He'll be a senior in high school this year. Okay, so he's a year ahead. Of, he's a year behind Clark. Oh. No, he's in Clarkson's class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's he'll, what I thought, yeah. He'll be. This is his last season of high school ball. He's the number one player overall. In that oh class. yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. And know. so he would be a freshman at Texas in twenty twenty three. Okay. So yeah, he's in. Okay. So yeah, I mean. He may, I mean, maybe he still ends up there. I don't know. I just find, I just don't get how people are, Sark is getting kids. I'm it baffles to, me. I get how he gets this one. Is he giving him the leftover booze from his cabinet? I mean, it's what's just money? It's just money. I mean, <laughs> I, you're right. I know. I know. I know. That's all it is. All right. Well, I, let me call Nick. You, Let's get. We'll get Nick Kern on. You the talk edge. about something else. Okay. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton Stocks line. We'll we'll get to more of your text coming up after the break. Uh, here we go. One right off the bat, though. Well, I, it's a bigger discussion. Texture says Kenny Payne loves a hot dog in the summer. It's one of the DePaul fans. He's just still listening to the show. Who doesn't, though? Is that an insult? <laughs> it's a, it's the, one of the DePaul fans who's been texting it over the show. I did love, um, I don't know if I said this on the air, but after the Depocalypse episode a couple of days ago, when, if you missed it, we were, were talking about how Louisville had pushed back the return game at DePaul that was scheduled for this upcoming season to the 2023-24 season. And DePaul fans flooded the Thornton Stacks line, flooded the show, um, they've been signing me up for stuff on via email. They were flooding my DMs. And one of the guys who first pointed this out, who first was tweeting at me on Twitter, Trevor mentioned that it's, he has a podcast. It's the DePodcast, which I, I Trevor didn't like the name. I actually like the name. And he sent me a DM, and he was very nice about it. And he's like, hey, man, do you care if I use some of the audio from your show today on the, the new episode of my podcast? And I promise I won't be an ass. And I was like, dude, do not worry about it at all. Feel free to use it and feel free to be an ass. That's what this whole thing is about. It's who we are. It's what we do. You're going to be okay with it. But I, I appreciated him reaching out and asking, unlike the other people who were just kind of, 
you know, D-bags about the whole thing. But what are you going to do? We have Kern on the line here. Yes, we do. Let's get him on here. He's the voice of the Louisville Bats. You know him from being the voice of all sorts of sports around this area. He also puts up with Trevor Kelsey on a near-daily basis now these days. The most talkative uh, Bats producer in the history of Bats production. He has confirmed that, by the way, yes. I don't think I needed him to confirm it. Just from dealing with you on a day-to-day basis, I could have absolutely confirmed it. Uh, He is Nick Kerr, and he joins us as he does before every Louisville Bats homestand. Nick, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Mike. How are you? We're doing well. We've had a lot of exciting stuff going on around here. We're getting flooded by DePaul fans, but it's all good. But we want to talk. We don't want to talk to Paul. We want to talk about DePaul's favorite AAA baseball team, which is the Iowa Cubs. They're in town. They've taken the first two from the bats. I'm feeling good about tonight, though, Nick. Do, do we feel a, a W on the horizon? And if not, can we blame this new losing streak on Trevor Kelsey? Uh, yeah, we can probably blame it on Trevor. That's, that's probably good. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I think... Nick Lodolo pitching tonight for the Bats on rehab from the Reds. So uh, that is exciting, and, and hopefully that gets uh, gets the Bats off to a good start and, and hopefully helps them along to a win. Uh, looking for about four innings or 65 to 70 pitches out of him tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll see how he looks. When was the last time, because Lodolo's been up with the, with the big league club for a while now before he got hurt. When was the last time he pitched for the Bats? Well, uh, he pitched... On Sunday in Durham, or on Saturday in Durham, he made a rehab start. Got so uh, that was his first one. But before that, last year, only made, uh, I think, three appearances with the bats last year, six and two-thirds innings, was on a, a pretty big uh, innings limit by the time he got promoted from double-A and then, and then had an injury and was uh, shut down uh, for the rest of the year. So we didn't get to see him a lot. It was a left shoulder injury in, in late August that shut him down for the end of the season. So... Didn't get to see him a ton. Uh, he looked good in two innings in Durham over the weekend, and uh, hopefully he can carry that over to tonight. And we love keeping track of uh, other names that Reds fans would be familiar with that are, are currently with the, the club here. I- am I correct in saying that Jose Barrero and Alejo Lopez are still with the Bats as of right now? They are. They are both. Love it. Uh, so make it out to the ballpark, see some Reds, see some future Reds, current Reds, what have you. Uh, we want to, you know, Wish those guys well. The Reds are coming. Trevor Kelsey calls them the best kept secret in the National League. I feel good about it. We're we're, we're going to be we're, we're going to be just fine uh, tonight. Seven oh five first pitch. I believe it's Pride Night out there at Slugger Field. Uh, what else do we have on tap? We've got games tonight. We got games tomorrow. We got games Saturday. We got games Sunday. What do we have planned for the fans who are going to make it out to Slugger Field this weekend, Nick? Yeah, Pride Night tonight, as you mentioned. Also, of course, the two dollar beer happy hour. So all that starts uh, with gates opening at six o'clock tonight. Um, so always a great Thursday night with, with the $2 beers. And then uh, a lot going on this weekend. Tomorrow night, uh, the first Mashers night of the year. So the Bats will play as the Mashers. There's Ooh. a bourbon tasting uh, on the concourse as well from Evan Williams. And, uh, yeah, it, it'll, be a, it'll be a great night. Always is uh, plenty of Mashers merchandise available in the team store as well. Uh, fireworks after the game. So a lot of stuff tomorrow. It's a 7.05 game. And then, uh, also, 7.05 Saturday, where it will be Star Wars night. I uh, didn't get a chance to do one of these last year, so the first bad Star Wars night in three years with no season in 2020. Um, so that'll be uh, good, always uh, always popular as well. So that returns are supposed to be upwards of like 40 or 50 Star Wars characters here on Saturday. Um, so there will be a lot going on with that. Fireworks after that game as well. Uh, 705 first pitch battle wear special Star Wars jerseys. And then, uh, and then Sunday here, 105 to wrap up the series. Um, 
kids run the bases and kids eat free. Kids run the bases after the game, which is something we do every Sunday, and the kids eat free as well. But also uh, play catch with dad after the game since uh, since we were not home for Father's Day, doing it a week late and an opportunity to do that on Sunday. So a lot, a lot to do this weekend. Hopefully folks can make it out and, and enjoy it. Uh, weather will be warm but good and fastbaseball.com for all, for all the information. Will you be dressed up in Star Wars garb, Nick, in the booth? I'm going to say there's zero chance of that. Yeah, no, uh, I, uh, I, I won't. Um, I, I would love, we used to, I can't remember who it was now. There was a player, uh, who played for the bats several years ago who had his own like authentic Chewbacca costume (laughs) and, uh, love that. I, yeah, I don't have anything like that. Um, I, I've always been more of a star Trek guy, so I don't really know much about the star Wars. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, a next generation guy. Uh, so that's, that's my wheelhouse. And if we ever do, we did a star Trek night once. If we ever do that again, uh, maybe, maybe I'll be dressed up in a Starfleet uniform. Was, who, who are you going to dress? Yeah. That's the question. Star Trek, who are you going to be? You going to be uh, Wesley Crusher? No, 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 probably not. Wesley Crusher. Maybe, uh, probably not Worf. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a commander Riker type thing. Okay. Uh, Maybe, maybe that. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, or or perhaps data. Data was my guess. Uh, That's who I was going with. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good one too. I was hoping we could lean on you for some Star Wars stuff because Trevor and I get peppered with anytime Star Wars comes up. People on the text line start throwing up these like very esoteric, like in depth references, and we have no, mm. we we have zero insight. Yeah. Like, we both watched the originals back in the day and have no like. I can give you the basic stuff, yeah. but I can't give you anything in in depth. Who do you think on this year's bat no. team? Who's the biggest Star Wars nerd on this year's bat team? Who's going to get really into this? I, I, I actually don't know. That's actually a really good question. I, I do not know who the Star Wars nerd is on this year's team, um, and and that's a bad job by me because I should know it. Uh, ben Lively is the type of guy who might be uh, sort of into it. Like he's just a little bit of an offbeat type of guy. So may, maybe it's him. Um, I, I don't know. I'll have to try to figure that out before before Saturday, though because uh, that that's a really good question. We do not, uh, as far as I'm aware, have anyone that has their own costume on this year's team. Man. Uh, so that is a shame. And, yeah, I, I don't know much either. I'm not great. Like, I watched the original three movies as well, and, and uh, episode one was was, uh, was a big thing when I was a kid that they were busting it back out. And so I was pretty heavily into that. But, but after that, I'm, I'm completely out. I but what the the uniforms we have this year, the jerseys, I don't really know what's on them. I think it's something from like the newer stuff, and I I couldn't even tell you what it is. Well, you, you, basically, you're gonna have to find out for yourself. Bestbaseball.com. Yeah, so get come t- out and get see tickets. it. You'll be able to. You'll know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bestbaseball.com. Get tickets. Uh, Iowa Cubs are in town. Iowa Cubs are a big deal. I remember when I worked in Iowa one summer, all anybody talked about was the Iowa Cubs. They've got a nice following. Uh, they're taking the first two games from us, but I feel good about the rest of the weekend. I feel like we're going to get back in this series, at least draw leave, and we're taking three of the next four. Nick, tell me I'm right. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, there's a great chance of that happening. They split a, they split six here uh, earlier this year, so no reason it can't happen again. And uh, There's been plenty of uh, Cubs – stuff in the ballpark so far through two games definitely a popular team to have here so if you are a Cubs fan and I know there's a lot in the area 
get out and, and catch uh, catch the AAA Cubbies. He's Nick Kern. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Kern 35. Hear him right here calling bats action on 1450 The Big X tonight. Car, our bats taking on Iowa Cubs. First pitch 705. It's actually first pitch for the next three nights, and then Sunday will be 105. Nick, as always, uh, appreciate the time, and we will uh, see you out at the ballpark. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. Appreciate it, Mike. All right, he, he's Nick Kern again, at Nick Kern 35 If you want to follow him there, you know him from uh, UL Women's Basketball as well, called Bellerman Basketball. Uh, Bellerman, by the way, they announced their non-conference schedule. Whew, yeah, he he, was, he actually brought the – I heard him talking about, brought that about that up. up there, yeah. He, that's, I meant to tell you this. And they brought it up on KRC with them because I told Scoots about it, but I guess I got to mention you. Nick Nick took a pretty good foul ball the other day. Did he? In the, in the press. Oh, I should have brought that up. Um, needs to know information before the interview, Trevor. I know. <laughs> this is information that could have been handed Could have used yesterday. that about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to interrupt the Star Wars talk. I mean, now he um, – he because, as you know, as when they're at home, it's him and Jim Kelch, and they, they switch off occasionally for Love innings. Kelch. I do too, as well. Not as much as current. I mean, because <laughs> every day, first thing he asked me is, "What you eating tonight, Trevor? What you getting, <laughs> what you eating tonight?" Like, like he, he's, he's so intrigued by love, it. and he always brings up our man Dave Reichel here. For I guess he used to do board games with him. He's like, "Oh, where's Reichel? At? He's going to be out there with his two liter of Big Red and his nachos tonight." Uh, but so he was, he had handed over the the reins to him, and I guess he, as, as Nick says, like the, the one time I actually wasn't paying attention, he was looking at his phone, answering a text from his wife, and. The foul ball came back and nailed him. I could hear it over the air. Oh man! Like I heard the plunk on the air. And if it's coming that high, it's probably coming pretty fast. That's and that's exactly what I and Jim were talking. Jim and I were talking about off the air. We're like, you know that like, and Nick played it off so well. Like he was like, I'm good. I, to his credit, I never heard him once. Me, I'd have been like, mother bleeping. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have gotten in trouble with some SEC. Nick never once did a yelp. No, you didn't hear him. Didn't you know a, a curse word coming from him? Uh, he said, you know, it hurt, but I'm good. I'm good. Uh, he, he did take an extra inning off, which I'm sure he went and had to go looked at. Said it wasn't bruised up yet. Cause I, I could feel him being okay on adrenaline that night. But boy, that next morning you wake up, man, where that ball hits you right now. I mean, I imagine it hurt. He said he was feeling good though. He was okay. Good for so, him. He's a soldier. He's a trooper. Yeah. He's, he's been through much more. He, says he learned his lesson. The ball is in the, in the press room though. Still currently. Yeah. You gotta keep that one. Yeah. Got to keep that souvenir. I still haven't even caught him. I still to this day have never caught a foul bar home run. This guy's getting hit by him already. I'm on the air with him. He's getting hit by him. I haven't either. I've had one tossed to me. You never caught one either? No, I've never caught one. I, like, I mean, I have, like, I used to go to, like, you know, high school games and little league games. Like, well, the I don't But count never that. at, like, no, a triple A AAA or a major league game. No, never I've, happened. I've come semi close. I've told the story with my grandpa, grandmother before, I'm sure. Uh, and then the Cubs won. And then one time at the last Louisville game I went to, I was out in the deck and one hit, it landed in the deck semi near me, but. I wasn't even paying attention when it got hit out, and then I saw a bunch of people run up to it and grab it. So, yeah, I'm just, I still want to catch one so bad. I kind of do too. I mean, just yeah, but just you won't this. give it to a kid. We've, no. had that, we've already had that discussion before. Now we want to give it to him. I'll, I'll, I'll push that kid out the way. See, but like I've had that discussion before, but now that I have kids, like I, I'm not giving it to a kid. Like th- those days are done. I, I, I said this before on a previous radio show how I would always go to games and I'd look around and I'd be like. You know, that kid's complaining about his nachos. That kid just punched his mom. Like, he, they're not getting it. Get that kid's it. sitting there quietly with his glove on. If I catch one, like, that's the kid I'm going to. Like, that kid's getting the ball. The kid who brings the glove and should already have, like, a little bit of a head start above the others, right? Yeah, but, like, I always pick out what kid I'm going to give it to if I give a ball. But, like, now that I have kids, I feel like those days are done. Like, even if they're not at the game with me, I'm bringing the foul ball home for Virginia or for John. I don't even know if I'd give the ball to my own kid if I caught one right now. You'd have to. 
By the way, no, I mean, by the way, I have to. No, I have. I don't have to do anything. I brought the kid into this world. Ridiculous. I'll take him out and I'll keep my ball. By the way, Virginia had her first dentist appointment today. Ooh, really? Crushed it. Did great. Awesome. Knocked Good it out for her. Of Nailed it. But did you? Were you? I just kind of. Did you expect maybe? A, I mean, I just think you would think a little bit of a. I was concerned. Pushback on this. Didn't think it would go great. I wasn't there. Mary took her, but she sent me pictures. She was like, she's doing great. She's been brave. She's she's awesome. Awesome. Well done. She has one of those situations. Better than I do. Well, it's not a very good situation to be in, especially at that age. I, I mean, like that. Yeah, I mean, especially when no you never one. had it be- happened before. Like, yeah, you're, like, you're going to do what to my mouth? You're going to pry it open and look at it? Well, no one's ever done this to me before. Well, I'm assuming they're just in there doing a little, probably a little poke at the gum area. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's making sure the spacing's good. Yeah, that's not good. Checking yeah. the teeth are, but we you know we brush her teeth every night. She loves. Well, good. She's good. No cavities. She says that out loud. She no still cavities. got. It. She still has baby teeth, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. When, when do you? When, <laughs> she's when, two. When do? You, <laughs> <laughs> when do when do kids lose their baby teeth? I think I I don't know if it's like one of those things where I had a problem with that because I hated pulling my baby teeth out. That's why I had to get braces because one of my one of my main teeth started to grow and I wouldn't I didn't I I just would not pull. I was so I've had friends who've started have had their kids start losing them at five. Like, I don't know if it's like you know they talk about puberty now starts way earlier. I don't know if it's one of those things now based on what we eat or what we're doing that everything's happening earlier. But I lost my first one. I remember I was seven when I lost my first one. I was in first. Okay, game. so it's that okay. You I lost it in an apple watching Turner and Hooch. <laughs> first of all, I love Turner and Hooch. Good movie. The only movie I will spoiler alert. It's the only movie I will watch where the dog has a, a tragedy. Yeah. Like any movie that has that in it, I refuse to I watch a second time. It. I don't deal with it. But I love Turner Hooch so much that I've watched. I still get dust in my eyes at the end of it. I used to, and I would assume because I didn't realize how common this was until I started talking about or started like googling it. So I assume people listening have had the same thing happen before. If they're still listening out during this kids losing teeth discussion, <laughs> I, I used to and still do. I, I used to and still do occasionally have dreams about losing teeth. It's like a, apparently it's one of the most common dreams. Like it happens in various forms. My because some like some yeah. people have dreams where they just like fall out. Some have, like mine are always like I'm messing with it. It's wiggling and I'm like, oh, you gotta stop, you gotta stop. And then it just comes out and I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? What what happened? Like that's how it always goes for me. But like when I went to college, I had them like every day for a long period of time and I couldn't figure out why. And I started googling it and like you know, the like dream explanation websites are such scams because like. The first one I looked at said, is, you're probably pregnant. I'm like, well, that's not possible. So, But they'll have the most just. I don't know. Don't dismiss it just yet. No, didn't have a kid. so. Uh, but like, it's like horoscopes where it's just the most vague. Like, you know, it's a feeling of you're feeling like you don't have enough control in your life. Well, everybody feels that to a certain degree at yeah. pretty much every point in their life. It's like you're stressed out about something. Everybody's stressed out about something. Like that's how all these dream interpretations are. It's like. You're trying to take more control of something. You're a little bit concerned about some aspect of your appearance. Like, well, who's not? Yes, yes, John Edwards. I'm aware of how it works. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? Like cold reading? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. I mean, is it the tooth dream? And I've had the tooth dream, too, and then I wake up and it's reality. But the tooth dream, <laughs> <laughs> the tooth dream is that more frequent than the falling dream? I would say falling dreams are probably the most frequent. The one I get falling more. Falling or flying. I've had the tooth dream. But the, one I, the one dream I freak out the most I wake up on is the... Driving and, and and driving off of a off of a bridge. Or I have I have a those pass. a lot too. And the, same and, thing. I mean, they, and I listen. I'm not saying obviously I have no like phobia to the point where I can't drive over a bridge. I, I do it daily. I'm doing it in less than two yeah. hours. But like, I don't. I'm not. Don't, trust me. I'm not a fan of them. And nothing's worse than getting stuck in traffic on a bridge, especially one like a long. I'm with you. you ever, I don't know. I know you haven't 
been out to you know you you been to San Francisco or not? No, I, I've never been to California. Okay, I, I keep forgetting that. I can't remember. Um, there's like a really like not the Golden Gate Bridge, but a bridge like in Oakland. It's like huge. I mean, it, it goes way up and way goes way over. The, been stuck on that s that that bleeper. Yeah. And I mean, not only that, I'm sitting there the entire time thinking I don't like being here, and I'm thinking, what if this was the bridge? That, partially collapsed when they had the earthquake in 89 yeah i'm like oh man obviously spoiler i got off okay but i mean spoiler <laughs> i no, I, I, hate, I don't like being stuck on bridges still don't like driving over them even though i'll do it i don't either and i have those dreams all the time where it's like this really thin rickety bridge and i'm driving and i'm like why am i doing this and like i get halfway up there and i'm like oh no like what, what am i doing what am i doing and then all of a sudden like i can't see and like i just like about to drive off it and then i wake up mine's the going at a steep curb up uphill like on an overpass yeah I have the same and, thing. And I think that maybe one thing that's led to this is I was, this is a couple of years ago, I was when I was still driving the Prius. Do um, you know where it splits when you're coming up? I guess I think it's at 65 where you can go to St. Louis on the right, you yeah. go to Indianapolis on yeah. the left. And if you go straight, you go to Nashville and you got that kind of a sharp curve that kind of goes up. To lo- to I lo- know exactly what you're talking about. about. Yeah. I was do. I was actually taking that, I was going downtown to drop off some radio equipment to uh, Nick Bavano downtown. And. I was coming up that, and I was the only one really in the area, and it just rained a lot earlier that day. And I don't know if maybe my tire was low, but I was coming a little too fast, I guess, on my Prius and that curb, and I lost control, and I spun to the point where I spun, Ooh. and I started facing the wrong way. That would do it. And it freaked me. I mean, it felt like it, it, it happened in probably less than seven seconds, but it felt like seven minutes, and it really freaked me out, and I corrected And luckily, there was, again, nobody on the road really with me, even though this is around, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I just quickly, you know, corrected myself, corrected myself in the way I was facing and pulled over to the side just to calm myself down. So I was like, what the bleep just happened? Like that was, so if you're behind me on that, that same curve, which I still take it regularly, don't be shocked if you're like, why is this guy going six miles an hour around the curve? Cause that's me. Man. Yeah. That's, that would do it. <laughs> it would freak me out. It freaked me out. Have you noticed this real quick before we go to break? Like Jeff Goodman has kind of been on like he's done this thing for the last three basically ever since he got out of like the, a big sports entity they started the what is he overtime is that what it was I guess yeah our uh, stadium and now he, he's, he's doing the, the first sixty eight <laughs> I always call it the first sixty eight the that's field the of website right yeah the, the podcast yeah. network yeah. but he's just kind of done this thing where it's like I'm tired of playing by the rules I'm gonna name names and just like go after people constantly and this week he's just been like blasting mock draft people. For being disingenuous or for being like straight up corrupt, like, like he, Wojo, like he called out Jonathan Gavoni for like saying he's too, like he is, he's partial to like certain agents and certain players, and like hmm. now he's talking about I trust the mock drafts that do not receive money from college programs, NBA franchises, or overseas teams, and I want to be like, okay, dude, I, I get that you're trying to do this like badass thing. Name names then, like like, like tell me exactly who's. Taking money from colleges to get their players on these mock drafts. Gavoni's draft mock draft was so much better before he sold out one DSPN. Well, that's what he said because you know uh, Goodman knew him. Anybody like, knows that that was the best place to go for mock drafts, and when he, ESPN got him, it was like that's done. what he's been saying. He like quote tweeted like the at Draft Express like I just don't care, like like his partner. He's like I like him. He just is too partial to like agents that he likes and their players and gives them preferential treatment. Once he got big, yeah. Which yeah. I, I get. I. I, I mean, that, I don't hate a guy for selling out. Just get your money. You deserve it. You are. I mean, he was there doing, aren't that many mock drafts out there. Like, are, are mock drafts that influential to NBA teams? Like, are, are they? Really, I don't know about that. There aren't very many because he was the only one I would actually trust. Because like the Chris Fords were usually awful, and Brassards were usually just total poop. And 
Who else does? I don't, I'm trying to think who else even does mock drafts in the NBA. Well, They're, now, I mean, like, everybody does one. Like, well, but th- th- actually, people pay attention to. I mean, people pay attention. Like, Sam Bastini for The Athletic does. Like, he had his okay. draft guide Bible that was quite literally 90,000 words. Nice. I don't think I've ever looked at one of his mock drafts. Bastini's, he's Maybe. all he's all about it. He's very in depth. I mean, I know Matt Norlander does one. Uh, see, my guy, Ricky O'Donnell, would do one for us over at okay. Nation. He still does it. Um, he does a good job. But it, like, I can't imagine like mock drafts. They're always going to be wrong. Like nobody can predict the draft. But, but NBA mock drafts, you think would be easier to predict way more than NFL. The, the top ten for sure. It should be, yeah. Because but I then mean, after a while, like you're going to get there's going to be a surprise that just disrupts everything. I mean, yeah, I guess. Anyways, I mean, we don't need to talk about it anymore. We'll take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk about this Master P interview. We'll get into that with Eric Crawford. We'll take uh, some of your texts. We haven't gotten to the text line yet today uh, very much. 502-414-1450. We'll do that after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. All right, welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on here on a Thursday. We talked at the beginning of the hour about Fabio Basile. I guess it was the end of last hour about Fabio Basile, the update with him. Let's talk now about the other Cardinal that we, well, you know, I was going to say we know. Basile's status is still kind of up in the air a little bit. We know Hersey Miller is going to be joining the Louisville basketball team as they walk on. We heard from his father, Master P. Ever heard of him? Uh. Make him say, uh, uh well, what was nah, the name nah. of the, it was C murder, C murder's in jail, right? He, I know he was for a while. The group, they, they were in true. Remember who do you, who do who? I just remember C murder and the, and the, the, the big girl, uh, me X was that her name. Okay. And Silk to shocker was, oh yeah. Master I forgot P's about brother. him. Yeah. Yeah. Were, the three of them made up true. Okay. C murder's album was great, by the way. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> they were all, um, I just remember when he got arrested, they were like, the guy's name is C. Murder. They were all brothers. <laughs> oh, were they? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, C. Murder made, uh, the album was, uh, was Bossolini that I liked so much. It was really good. And whatever happened to Mia X and... Couldn't tell you what Mia X did. Shock, Silk the Shocker. Silk the Dust sh- Shocker. Dust Shocker. Please. Come on. Like, Master P kind of seemed like the least of, like, cool of the names a little bit now. Well, I mean, maybe he, maybe he picked first, and then they got famous, and they had more time to think about what they were going to do. <laughs> maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Um, I'm assuming C Murder's name again, real name again with a C. I'm assuming Silk's began with an S. Uh, C, yeah, C Murder was Corey Miller. I knew that. Silk the Shocker, I think you're right, was a Give with an S, yeah. S. Um, man. So C Murder went on a hunger strike recently in jail the peer. To, pro- <laughs> to protest his conditions, uh, which he feared would result in him getting COVID and, and the status of his trial. He's still in jail, though. He went on a hunger strike. Went on a hunger strike. <laughs> August 2021. The alive? latest update. He's still on it. No, he's he's still alive. <laughs> well, you could. He's eating now. He gets fluids, I guess. He's eating. Um, how do we end up there? Because uh, he starts talking about true again. True. I love true. Hoody hoo. <laughs> buckle up, buckle up. Um, My mind goes to the '80s song. Uh, the, na 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 na. Well, I know this much is, is true. true. You, that's the difference between you and me. So, 
came in. Let me start with this with, with Master P. I okay. didn't know this. Maybe this was common knowledge, and I'm just lost. I knew there was some connection between Master P and Louisville because, you know, he's been in town at various points in time over the last 10 years or so. He did those commercials with the Witten He Stand Law, Law Group. That's the only connection I knew of. But I knew he'd been, like, in town, and I knew there was some connection between him and Louisville. I didn't know this until Eric Crawford wrote it, and Crawford kind of threw it out there matter-of-factly, so maybe this is common knowledge, and I've just been in the dark for the mm-hmm. last 15 years. Master P relocated here after Hurricane Katrina. I did not know that. Yeah. And, and and I don't think that's common knowledge. I don't I mean, think it is either. Like I haven't seen anybody talk about this. I haven't seen him like he hasn't shown up to like like I didn't bump into Master P at, you know, Chick-fil-A or, you know, homemade pie and ice cream kitchen recently. Would you recognize him if you had? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I recognize my Master P from a mile away. I can just see me being behind him like Oh, I, I would, he goes to the counter and he's like, let me get a pecan pie, na 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 And I'm like, I did him. I'd have zero hesitation. I'd be like, my, fun fact, my voice changed before anybody else in, in grade school. And so we did this, like, they wanted me to, they thought I could do, like, the uh voice really good uh, as a kid. And they'd be like, do it. I'm like, uh. And like, That's incredible. You sound just like him. I'm like, no, my voice is just a few octaves deeper than yours. <laughs> that's great. So. I didn't know. What, what, Katrina was in, what, 16, right? <laughs> 14, 8, 6. When was Katrina? I forget. It's like 2006. Okay, the 6, right? <laughs> this is more five years ago. <laughs> Your frame of reference when it comes to time is yeah, yeah. could not be fun. I'm like a dog. I think it was actually 2005. <laughs> I'm kind of like a dog. I just don't know. My time is not my reference. It, it was. It was 2005. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because it was it's in, my junior year of college. Yeah, because the NFL made sure that the Saints were going to win the Super Bowl because of it. It was another classic Mike Rutherford birthday curse. Something terrible happens on my birthday every year. That was for 05. It was like the, the hurricane actually came. Then That's setting the bar pretty high for the rest of everything well, else. The next year was like I was in Lexington when that plane crashed and everybody died. Like it was, I'm telling you, every year, just watch, August 27th, every year, stay in the house. Just don't do anything. Think that was I wasn't with you the first year because you had Eric Wood in here with you. That's right. Yeah. So so we had because the, the actual remember the actual hurricane hit and like it was it was bad but it wasn't terrible and then it was the, when the levees broke when yeah. everything got so terrible yeah. and that was actually on my birthday. Um, so he's been here for 17 years. I I guess like off and on. But I mean, it's more common to know he was from New Orleans to me. Than for sure, it, you know. I mean, everybody knew that. Like that's the you know that was the, his whole thing was, uh, you know, we're deep south, thirty south. He, Eric Crawford phrases it. He says he he has become an important philanthropist and community leader. He kind of just throws that out there. Like I'm not, uh, I can't say that word. I didn't know he was in like projects or doing things around here. I, again, maybe the text line can help me out. Maybe this is common knowledge, and I've just been in the dark. We're both in the dark. But I did not know that he's been like a, a active resident in the city of Louisville for the last I, almost two decades. I mean, unless you can show me proof of things he's done, like he's been doing it off the record. Because I mean, this was something I feel like I would have seen on whether it be on an actual newscast or one of those articles you see trending on Facebook. Like you know, I I mean, hell, I saw the one yesterday where about the former wrestlers, you know, ripping off people in an air conditioning business. You know, what here are you locally. talking about? Locally. I'm just talking about a celebrity doing something locally. You'd think you would have seen that if he was doing... Well, like I said, like, doing I, it. I've seen him doing things like Louisville-based and been around for... I don't either. For I a while. Um, <laughs> I just didn't realize... I, I didn't know... I knew there was some connection between himself and the city of Louisville. I didn't know that he was an active resident for some period of time. And he talks in the story to Eric Crawford about how, you know, he feels like he, he needs to give back because... Louisville took care of me and my family after Hurricane Katrina, and ever since, he says, 12 years later, I've been in Louisville doing my part. Like, that's an exact quote from mm. Percy Miller, which, again, 
I did not know this. I mean, if that's the case, then I feel very confident about Mercy coming. Yeah, why don't we get Romeo? Well, I mean, why, why didn't why don't we why don't we have a Master P Jack Harlow hookup? Come on, so that's a that's a better question. Like the Romeo one, I'm okay with not getting, but like the ma- yeah, why why have we not used? I mean, I, I get, why have we not used Master P in recruiting to this point? Is the kids not know him? Let me take this moment too to say, I mean, if they don't, he's still he still has connections. Let me let me take this moment too to say, I would probably pay, I don't know, one hundred and fifty dollars. For the audio recording of Eric Crawford interviewing Master P. <laughs> I, I love Eric. I just can't imagine him being like, hello, <laughs> like, Percy, or should I call you Master P? Like, like you know, it's like, like how do you approach that? Mr. P? And Master P's like, what up, Eric? Like, like, just like, I mean, it's two very different personalities. <laughs> Not that I would be very cool if I was interviewing Master P, but just, like, like I, I don't know. You get what I'm saying. I, 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 I wrapped around from the beginning of the show when I talked about stereotypes. Uh, I feel like Master P's gonna come in. He's gonna be like, you're you're end up gonna get like uh, Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. He's just gonna just be like just so just so elegantly speaking. Well, he's not a dumb guy. Like he's oh, I believe I'm, I'm not saying he has to be a dumb guy. He's but been I mean, very successful post music, and he's uh he knows exactly what he's doing. And this interview, he comes off you know like a guy who knows what he's doing. He also he tells a story which is interesting. You know, Master P played basketball at a very high, fairly high level. He had a couple of of stints at the NBA. Was with the Charlotte Hornets briefly. Did he um, pay for that? I think the second time he did it, it was kind of a publicity, publicity stunt. Yeah, wasn't that kind of like? But coming out of college, like he was, he legitimately when, got a shot with an NBA team. I don't remember. I thought that was he was. Anyways, like, Trevor, yeah. stop. Uh, he he has he has. My point is, he played basketball at a high level growing up. Okay. And he was playing uh, in high school against a team led by Kenny Payne, who's like this prep phenom down in Mississippi. And he says, Kenny Payne was a monster. We knew we couldn't beat him. So we did what we would try to do, and we tried to hurt him. And he says, "Nice." He says, "From that point forward, Kenny Payne always looked at me, and he would like, like you know, we would run into each other at like celebrity type events or in in circles, and he would just look at me as the kid who tried to take him out." And he says, "When we talked to him, when I talked to him, when we were on our visit with Hersey and all this stuff, I kind of wondered how it would go. Like, I'm like, does this guy hate me? I knew that he knew me for this reason for a long time. He said it was cool. We laughed about it. I didn't even know how it was going to go, but we ended up laughing about it, enjoying it from our childhood talk, uh, talking about where we are now and being friends. Wow. He goes on to talk. I mean, you expect this. He's going to talk up his son a little bit. He says that the, the, the big pitch from Kenny Payne, and according to Master P, Hersey had scholarship offers from Davidson and a couple of other um, schools on the West Coast, smaller schools on the West Coast. And he said his options were basically try to go the, I mean, again, this is a, a dad talking up his son. Try to become Steph Curry or Dame Lillard at Weber State or Davidson or play at a high level, try to be a part of a championship, try to be a part of something great. And he mentions, I don't think I realized this, that he played, Hersey did, he played with both Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs in high school. Hmm. They won a national title a few years ago and also a state championship in Minnesota. I, I didn't know this, <clears throat> but he thinks that Hersey is, is going to be a diamond in the rough for Louisville. He's going to help them out. He's going to be a, a good player uh, and all this good stuff. But he talks about why they ultimately made the choice. And he said, when my son came to Louisville, he visited a girl who, had, who was vision impaired. And he said, it feels right here, just talking to her, the feeling of giving back. Kenny Payne talking to us about wanting to give back and what they're going to do to change this community. This is all what we want. This is all what we're about. Uh, Masterpiece says we're humble people. Louisville took care of me during Katrina, and now we all want to get back. So I, I, I like the whole. It's once again, it's the kumbaya, feel good, good culture. It's a, it's a solid story. He talks about Kenny Payne, saying that 
if you look at the practices they've had, he's serious about bringing Louisville Cardinals basketball back. The kids he has right now are buying into it. My son has bought into it. I think this is going to be an exciting season. I've never seen a coach in the community like Kenny Payne is, and I've been here 12 years. That's excitement. All good stuff. I like it. I like it too. Um, the last thing that he said, he asked about what kind of player does uh, the son of Master P hope to be in Louisville. He says, what I love about him is he constantly wants to get better. He's willing to get better. He lives in the gym. Would you say gym rat? Um, see, I think he's like a Patrick Beverly with a jump shot. Someone that's willing to get out there and play hard. He's smart, good academically, knows the game, plays hard, tough on defense. He knows he's not where he needs to be right now, but he wants to get better. And I think Kenny Payne's guidance will help him. His attitude's right, and he's going to be pushed. All things you want to hear from a dad. Yeah. Now, that, now make sure Mercy comes here, too. Yeah, let's get Mercy. Because, like, the description of Mercy, not that I had my expectations were, like, through the roof or anything, but that sounds like the guy that, like, when he, when he plays at the YMCA, he's like, well, you know, I'm not a great player, but I'm good at defense and I hustle. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, you're, you mean you're just in shape. You, you're not even good at basketball, you're just in shape, is what you're telling pretty me. Much, pretty okay. much. Okay. I mean, that's <laughs> and that's kind of what you expect. I mean, he's a, I know it's a limited sample size. Well, right now, we just need a body, though. We do. I mean, I mean, I mean he's, he's a guy that can help you out yeah. in practice. There's, there's no question about that. And, and look, we've played walk-ons before in limited roles that have been successful. I mean, David Levitch, Patino loved doing it. He would love throwing a, Tim Henderson, for God's sake, uh, we don't win a national title if he doesn't step up and play well in the Final Four. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, a guy like Hersey Miller gets run on this year's team because I don't know if you've heard this. We have a limited number of guards on the roster at the current time. <laughs> Poor L needs a break at some point. L's just over there like, can this guy please play? <laughs> Get him in there. Um, but he is, uh, I, I think he'll be serviceable in that regard. You look at the stats though. I know his dad is saying he could go to, he could go to a Davidson and have a Steph Curry type game or go to Weber state and be like Dame Lillard. Well, he went to Tennessee state and I know <laughs> it's a small sample size. He played six games. He only averaged two points per game there. So, like, I don't know if that's a realistic option for him. But, as you said, he's a body. He clearly knows the game. He clearly can play the game at a decently high level. We need that type of player. And it's not like he's taking up a scholarship right now. And, once again, he's got a very talented brother who's a couple of years younger who might come here and play for us in a few years. So I mean, we just use him in practice. I mean, we just need a body in practice in general. Exactly. I mean, we, we need I – mean, like, the word was out there earlier this week that the four walk-on spots are taken. They've been enrolled. They're good. All I know is it's Mercy, uh, Hersey Miller, um, Zan Payne. <laughs> it's going to be – I mean, imagine if we get them both. Like, how tough that's going to be in a few years. Uh, Zan Payne, Kenny Sun. And then the other two, I don't know. But they, they are apparently enrolled in practicing, so that's good. Devin Ree on the way once he gets uh, out of the way with Oak Hill. And we talked about Fabio Basile potentially being able to join as soon as next week if they can get this transcript stuff squared away. So – the question then becomes, if we have a roster with the nine players we have now, the walk-ons are, are the walk-ons. Let's say we get Fabio Basile. Let's say we get Imani Bates. And then maybe we add a couple other players of, of consequence. Maybe we don't. Well, maybe. What's your confidence level with that roster going into next season? Okay, so we have the roster we have now with plus... plus Bates and Basile. Plus Bates and Basile. And... I mean, the only other player out there that would make a huge impact at this point would be the Western Michigan guard, I would assume, right? Like Central Michigan, yeah. Central Michigan, my bad. Um, and we don't even know if you would get him if he'd be eligible. Exactly. I mean, you would assume he would be. but You, you have to get a waiver. Yeah, you don't know if he is or not. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. My confidence really hasn't changed in any any level with, with the new scenario you're throwing at me than it was before you added these names. It's impossible to predict. I like, mean, like, it's... You know, it's... I mean, I'm not... I, I just... I mean, Bates and possibly... I mean, obviously, you know, Maselli, I don't know, you know, 
anything about short, just a little video I just watched a second ago, uh, but earlier in the hour. But I mean, I've seen bass play, and I mean, while I'm I'm willing to take the chance on him, we've talked about this ad nauseum, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it until he's, the day he actually decides at the end of whatever month he changes his mind to, and making his decision. But yesterday we we both agreed and talked about over and over that we regardless we think it's worth it taking him no matter what. Uh-huh. I just don't know even even while I'm willing to take the chance, I just don't know how much of an impact it's going to make. I'm in the exact same boat, and I just I'm I'm just going by the assumption that it's not going to make a huge impact. So therefore, my confidence is. I mean, I'm very optimistic at least about going into this year, which is much better than you know going into a year where you're. You know, you know what your coach is, and maybe you're not having the optimism with this roster. But like, like last year, I didn't have the same kind of curiosity and optimism of excitement. I had curiosity. I thought it was an oddly assembled roster. I, yes, and, and this is again, a, I don't want to say oddly assembled roster, but it somewhat it is. is. But at least the exception, obviously, and it's I don't have to take you know genius to point this out. But the difference between going into this year and going into last year is that we don't know anything about this coaching staff. I mean, we know, but we don't. Right. We knew what you kind of get out of Mac. You know what Mac can kind of get out of his players. Uh, we didn't know about the assistants, and so much so in my case, he didn't know that I still don't know their names right. But with this coaching staff, like you, you kind of while you do kind of know what Nolan has done at Duke, you know what Danny has done, whether a head coach or assistant in his short career. Who's the other one? Oh, uh, 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 Jameson. First name. Oh, don't ask. <laughs> you know the only reason I remember is because I want to call him Jenna Jameson. Uh, it's Jeff. No, Josh. Josh. So close. We're going to get there by the time the season starts. I'm, I'm going to remember Jameson, though, because of, because of Jenna. I'm proud of not, you. Not her intern, but. I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> Sadly, that's how I remember her name. <laughs> Don't <laughs> let her know. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> that's how I remember hers. But her last name, that's not her last name, by the way. Do you know what her last name is? The intern? Yeah. No. It's Fox. Jenna Fox. Yeah. Good name. That's a cool name, too. Uh, so, it's a cool girl. So, but yeah, that's so I, I just, but there is just so much intrigue and mystery with what we're going to get out of Kenny. It makes the somewhat excitement for this team even more. I mean, now when I say excitement, I don't mean excitement as in I'm expecting like a final four or championship level. Do you expect a tournament? I expect to be able to go into selection Sunday with the possibility of hearing our name. I hope. TJ's made fun of me for thinking for me being that's the ceiling of level I have for the season. Well, this is a it's a one off of exactly. Yeah, this is a unique situation. This isn't what we, like, if we're still talking about this in the same terms twelve months from now, then it's a huge issue. Then and then you problem. can make fun of us. Yes. But yes. you have to look at where we've been and what Kenny Payne's walking into, and there are it's easily explained away why expectations for this season aren't where expectations are going to be for any other Louisville basketball season or where they should be for any other Louisville basketball season. And there are some fans who will say, I don't care, circumstances be damned, this is Louisville basketball, we should not just be in the tournament, we should be contending to be a Final Four team, I don't care. And if you want to have that approach, that's fine. I'll never tell you how to fan. I just, you can't look at every season as the exact same, especially when you've been through off-the-court things like Louisville has been through Mm -hmm. over the last eight years. And that's where I am. I if we're going to be a tournament team this year, you have to bank on the 2019 Louisville football effect, which was they weren't nearly as bad as they looked the year before. They just had a weird coaching situation, and a lot of the guys quit. Like You have to hope that some of these guys on last year's team who were just kind of okay or who were very up and down are superstars who just need to be unraveled. You need to hope that Jalen Withers, better. yeah, Jalen Withers can be an all an NBA type player with the right coaching, and he's going to show that this year. You, you have to expect that Sidney Curry is going to be more of a well-rounded 
offensive and defensive player with a better big man coaching staff. You have to ex- hope that L. Ellis can find consistency and become a true elite point guard. And I think you have to hope that Kamari Lands is like a one-and-done type talent who was massively underrated as like a top 30 guy. Um, and maybe Devin Reed. He's be- he's more apt of playing to play than you would have thought. Like He's more capable of stepping in and playing at this level than his rating would indicate. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield was the five-star that we all thought he was. He just wasn't getting enough run at Tennessee. Like You have to hope all of those things are true, and even then, that the coaching staff knows exactly what it's doing and the system can work with this team. Because if not, like, you got a, a really tough non-conference schedule, and the ACC, I know it was down last year and kind of saved itself with the NCAA tournament. It's going to be better this year than it was last year. It's going to be a, a more difficult conference schedule, and last year, you didn't handle it all that well. So you got to be ready for that. I mean, if you're not a talented team, a good coach will keep your head above water at 500 and, 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 and possibly having a tournament, sneaking into the tournament just from being a good coach. Should be. I think my only concern is that like, if, if, if we are going to be a team that's treading water and trying to stay at 500 in ACC play, you're going to have to have a big non-conference run. And my concern would be with so many new pieces and with a coach who's, you know, don't get, don't get me wrong, Kenny Payne's been around the block several times. He's, he's not a spring chicken, but he's never been a head coach before. Mm-hmm. If you're doing this for the first time, I don't care who you are, it's going to take you a little bit of time to get your feet underneath you and figure out exactly what you need to do. And we need to win some of these big-time games. Maui's the third week of the season. We need to. We, we can't go 0-3 in Maui and expect to make the NCAA tournament. No, but I say this. We, if we, say we go 0-3 Maui, but we lose in like clutch moments near the end of a game. Does that at least make you feel a little confident that you're going in the right direction with Kenny Payne and getting those cobwebs and those hiccups out of the way? Absolutely. Being a person. Like it, it would get, remind we, me of the, the when we went to Brooklyn in Chris Mack's first season, and we didn't win either game, but we should have beaten Marquette, and we played Tennessee, who was, I think, number number three in the country, right down to the wire. That was the moment where I was like, all right, like we may be a tournament team. And then we came back home, and we beat Michigan State on our home floor when they were a top-ten team. And I think from that point forward, we knew that we were going to be better than anybody thought we were going to be. If they go to Maui and they're highly competitive against what should be three of the best teams in college basketball, yeah. and they win at least one game, I'll be like, okay, but we, even, we may be able to work with them. And you, just, and you can look back even at a loss, a close loss, let's hope it's say, and assuming you have to say, a close loss, and you go, well, you know, there, there was a mistake possibly here or there by the coaching staff or maybe he, he – I wish he'd have done this. That's something that, like you said, as a first-year head coach, you're, you're going to expect those things. But as long as – I mean, the, the problem is whether he adjusts and, and learns from them and you would hope he would. And that would, I agree. Like, you go one and two, or I would even say 0 oh and three, not that that would be a great scenario. But I mean, if there is a silver lining in an 0 oh and three Maui run, it would be, you know, three very close losses and very competitive games where maybe you just see inexperience being the end all be all of, of what reason of going winless. I'm very curious. And I know we've, t- we've talked over the top of the hour. I'm very curious who we wind up drawing in the Maui. And they, they'll announce that it's usually in July. But they typically try to kind of seed it without seeding it. Like they want the best teams to play some of the oh, worst yeah. teams. Yeah, they want you know the the clear best team on one side of the bracket, the clear number two team on the other side of the bracket. TV. Yeah, of course. And I mean. so I mean, you've got a tur- like if you're looking at this tournament from a the preseason expectation standpoint, we're probably like seventh or eighth. Like it, it's probably us in Cincinnati down there at the bottom of this of this field. So we're probably going to get like. I believe that Cincinnati wasn't that bad last year. I mean, no, and but they're probably down there with us. Like I, I would say, Texas Tech has higher expectations than us. San Diego State is going to get a lot of preseason top twenty-five love. Uh, Ohio State's going to get a little bit of preseason top twenty-five love, and then Creighton and Arkansas are probably going to be top ten teams. Arizona's- Texas Tech's a curious one because 
But they got a lot of transfers. He, he brought in a lot of talent. Yeah, and you wonder how much, like, you know, like, was that a one-and-done for Mark Adams kind of thing? or So, like, my concern there is I think you've got two teams there that in uh, Arkansas and Creighton that I think are legitimate national title contenders. We're probably, like, I would not be shocked at all if we get one of those two teams in the first game. I mean, I could see us getting blown out by Arkansas. They're going to be good. I haven't paid as much to Creighton. And I've never been a big McDermott guy, so that's kind of my my hesitant for being in love with Creighton. I mean, they probably— I mean, I'm gave, not saying he's a bad coach. I just—I don't know. I just—I I see him as kind of that average kind of middle-of-the-pack coach anyway. They've got a lot of guys, and they, they score a lot of points. They bring back pretty much everybody from a team last year that gave Kansas probably its best game in the NCAA tournament outside of the national title game uh, and did so without starting point guard and starting center. Like they've got dudes. They're gonna score. They're, it's a classic Creighton team. They'll score a ton no, of yeah, points. I mean, yeah, they won't play great defense. McDermott teams love to love to shoot the ball. Love yeah. to score. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, uh, third hour is coming up. We will uh, a little bit of football talk. Big time visitor coming in this weekend. A lot of people think he may be a Cardinal. And hey, it's another quarterback. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about more of the reaction. And we will finally get to the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. Five o'clock hours up next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty The Big X. Dollar, 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 that's what I need. Welcome in. Five o'clock hour, Mike Rutherford Show. Here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, The Big X. We're going to get into some uh, some text line stuff. We're going to get into some uh, football visitor stuff. But real quickly, since one of the themes of this week has been fully engaging in rivalry talk, I've got a quick little story to throw out there. Tom Fornelli of CBS posted this, wrote this earlier this week. How about this? Five breakout Power 5 college football programs that are likely to take a significant step back in 2022. Step back? Step back. Number one on the list. Michigan. Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> uh, well, there are two other interesting names on this list. <laughs> well, you, you, you started this by saying a robbery thing. Why would I say Michigan? <laughs> I do. I, 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 mean, I, I just assumed you were going to get it. I, I, didn't, I, I, wasn't, I didn't pause so you could guess. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. <laughs> dramatic effect. Michigan was a good guess, though. I mean, yeah, well, they also were. I mean, yeah, sure. Michigan yeah, State was, is on the list, too. But two other names that are on the list that were uh, of interest here locally, Pittsburgh because we're playing them this year, yeah. and then, you can brace yourself, Purdue. I mean, what did Purdue end up doing last year? They went, didn't they only win like eight games? They went eight and five, and they beat Tennessee in their bowl game. Yeah. Music City Bowl. What was, I mean, he, he says major programs taking a step back. Like, I don't know, like, no offense, but Kentucky and Pittsburgh are more like one-offs than major programs. Well, he said breakout programs taking a step back. Oh, I don't even know. I mean, don't, yeah. 
the mean, logic for Kentucky. In, I think you're playing fast and loose by calling Pittsburgh and Kentucky breakthrough programs to begin well, I mean, with. Pitt won the ACC. Well, yeah, but what did they do the year before that? But he said like breakout from last year. The boys to take a step back this year. Like right. you know, Kentucky wins ten games. I think that's fair. Pitt wins the ACC. I think that's definitely fair. He here's Fornelli's point when it comes to to Kentucky. He's I admire the program that Mark Stoops has built in Lexington. I do not think its recent success is a fluke. While that's still the case, there were plenty of aspects of the 2022 season that will be hard to repeat. Good teams find ways to win close games. Kentucky has gone 16-8 and in one-score games since 2017, but they exceeded even their own pace last year, going 5-1 and in one-score games. That includes a 3-0 and mark in the SEC with two of those wins against teams they'll face on the road this year in Florida and Missouri. We're not one of those. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> they're they're the bizarro Louisville in that we have hope for getting better, same hope we had last year because we keep not making these plays in one-score games. And the irony is that you know that's not the Kentucky that we grew up with. That's not the Kentucky football that I knew. The Kentucky no. football that I knew was the one who was losing one-score games because they were, I don't know, having like six guys on the field for a play with, <laughs> on fourth and goal. Like that was what Kentucky always did. Hey, it took Stoops a while to learn how to coach, right? I mean, he, not always – and to be fair, like Stoops – not always good about having as many guys in the field as he needed to in crucial plays against Florida, but they've gotten that down, and now they seem I mean, to be winning these quarters sort of like coin flip games. That's a great stat to pull out, but I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's because it's too low, low-hanging fruit to say that the thing I would bring up with the fact they lost Wanda Robinson, who had like 90% of their offense last year. Yeah. I mean, that that's – but I mean, maybe that's just too easy to point out is, is your reasoning. Is there an update, too, on – like, because I, I went on vacation – like what's going on with the Chris Rodriguez situation? Like, is he on the team? Is he off the team? I'm, I'm assuming because we haven't heard anything that he's on the team. First of all, Chris Rodriguez update music would be interesting. Second, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what song I would use for that. Uh, uh, second, no, I mean that's actually a really good question. It's been pretty much. I mean, as far as we know, he's still on the team. The last I saw, like, there was, like, a... I'm assuming he's going to play for them at this the, point. The last thing I think I saw, which was, but I guess before you went to vacation, was um, someone snapped a picture of him, like, on the balcony at, like, the craft center or something, and they were like, look, he's still here. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. It's like, that was, that was like, the, at least that last update we got. Like, legal-wise, I don't even know. I haven't seen anything about it. I would assume he's still in some hot water over... I bet you know I, a DUI and not showing up for court. I'll say what I've been saying the whole time. They'll sit him for the Miami game, and that'll be it. He's sitting out week one. He'll play the rest of the year. At first, I didn't think he was going to sit out at all, but after the court, missing the court date thing, well, and then there are all these rumors that he's off the team for some like secret reason, and we haven't heard anything official from the UK. He's still on campus. The season like fall camp starts in like five weeks. I'm assuming he's going to be a part of that. Wasn't it last year he got suspended for quote unquote having the fumbles? Yeah, he kept can, fumbling at the one-yard line. Can we assume maybe that went about fumbles for the cause of suspension? It's probably a safe something. Can we make that a guess? Yeah, you know. What are you going to do? Uh, let's talk about the, the, the visitor that has turned some heads over the weekend, and I'm not talking about – go ahead. Later tonight, I'll text in for the KRC and give them a, a, a Rutherford show text. Please do. Asking about it. Maybe they'll answer tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Please do. Unless the, the Cardinal Stalker's listening, then he can you know text his answer right now. Because I know sure as hell Roush ain't listening. He's dealing with a you know an infant and a, and a newborn coming. Well, he's a little fan though. So yeah, he is a little fan. It's true. Uh, on campus this weekend, Jaden Bradford, and if you know that name, good. If you don't, we'll cl- clue you in here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he is the number seven quarterback and number forty eight overall player in the class of twenty twenty four. 
Uh, he's going to visit UofL tomorrow. He's tweeted this out there. Uh, he has been a guy who's picked up a crystal ball prediction from both of the Rivals guys here locally, Ty Spaulding and Dave Lackford over there at Rivals.com. They think he's going to commit to Louisville. And it poses a— Sounds pretty positive, then. I mean, it poses an interesting question. You've got Pierce Clarkson, who's one of the more highly touted quarterbacks in the 2023 class, who's very committed to Louisville, very into Louisville, building this entire roster— and now you've got a top ten quarterback from the class immediately thereafter. Like, is Jaden Bradford just not afraid of Pierce Clarkson? Is he an athlete that's listed at quarterback? I don't think so. I mean, I, I just I'm just curious if maybe this is like he's listed as he plays quarterback in high school, but he's maybe one you know like a six two hundred ninety two hundred no. pounds. He could maybe kind of he's there's a there's a possibility he could be into being a receiver, running back, defensive back, something or another position. Obviously, he's small, but he is. Like small, like under six foot. He's six foot. Okay, so he's probably he's listed as like a, a straight pocket passer though. Like he is the number seven quarterback in the class according to the composite rankings. Number eight in twenty four seven sports rankings overall. He is that's pretty high ranking for just a regular athlete playing quarterback. I mean, he's the quarterback at IMG Academy, which is like Clarkson. That's the yeah, yeah. Uh, perennially a top ten high school team in the country. He's you don't get that job if you're not a future college starter. And he's been long rumored to be going to South Carolina. It sounds like Louisville's gotten into getting into the fold. They may be able to, to sway him. So yeah. competition, I mean, is good sometimes. I mean, so I, I'm I'm okay. I mean, obviously, if you think about, I mean, he redshirting, and you, you would assume he'd want a redshirt, or you'd want to redshirt him, especially if he's six foot, probably 100, 185 pounds. You probably could be nice to put a little muscle on him in a redshirt year. Also, I want to say this because. I love dogging on Clemson. They recently got a decommit from four-star wide receiver Nathaniel Joseph, who's going to be visiting. I think it sounds like we're going to get him. And I know that he's technically decommitted, so it's not a flip. I'm calling it a Clemson flip. Because Clemson, they do this thing where they're like, if you decommit from us, we stop recruiting you who, who entirely. Do you, who, who do you think you, 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 make, you enjoy making fun of more, DePaul or Clemson? At this point, Clemson. Because DePaul mean, just beat it. Clemson, I know they beat us every year. Clemson, but, yeah, we, that's the difference. we are the DePaul to Clemson. But the whole point of, like, like <laughs> there was no, like, there's nothing to make fun of DePaul because they're awful besides, like, us beating them every year. Because they beat us. That. We are Clemson's DePaul. No, that's, we don't finish last every single year in the, in the they conference. They still beat us every year. But that's different. Do you think Clemson fans have a Louisville day? No, well, maybe they could if they wanted to. But the thing with DePaul is they don't just lose to us every year. They lose to everybody every year. Like yeah, but losing to us was the best part. Well, of course it was. In, in our eyes. Yeah. Not like the fans of Boston College's eyes. Anyway, Nathaniel Joseph, four-star wide receiver. He's the number 16 wide receiver overall in this 2023 class uh, out of Miami. Miami's very high on him, too. They're not going to get him. I think we're going to get him. And I'm calling him a Clemson flip. He's a flip. Flip. I don't care that you stop recruiting him because he decommitted. Suck it. He's flipping. Flip flipping to the cards. Flip Saunders. God, Clemson sucks. <laughs> you, so, you hate Clemson so much. You're losing Arch Manning. Oh, you're glad Arch Manning didn't go to Clemson at least, aren't oh you? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we're taking Uyangalale. We're taking that whole family. We're taking everybody. We'll make it, you know, I was just, well, no, we're not going to do that. We'll get Trevor Lawrence in the family. He's going to come over here. He's going to start giving religious talks to the UofL football team. Clemson's going to be interesting because they lost. I mean, you guys I, can keep Deshaun Watson. They lost a lot of their offensive pieces from last year's team that was an offense that struggled to begin with. Is there another Etienne out there that we can get? Bring him in the fold. <laughs> I like Etienne. I yeah. picked him up in fantasy football. Let's get him. Then we're got too well. We're going to be good. <laughs> but the, the Pierce Clarkson thing I think is interesting because – he and his father both have said, I think it was this week, they both have been doing radio spots. Pierce Clarkson hasn't gone on radio, but he's done some interviews with uh, some of like the recruiting network sites. And they he both was said that on one local radio this morning, I believe. 
Pierce? I don't think so. His his dad was. Oh, that's what I meant. I'm yeah. sorry. Yes. His I dad apologize. was a couple of days ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry. they both have told the same story about this year's Clemson game. If you remember, we were in total control of that game. And then Malik, as tends to happen when you've, I mean, with Malik or with any running quarterback, got dinged up. Yeah, I know. And we lost control of that game because we bring in Evan Conley, who also had been hurt. We didn't have any anywhere else to go. No backup. Love you, Brock Doman, but he was not available for the game. Wasn't going to change things if he was. And yeah, we lost all momentum. And the Clarkson family was looking at that, and they're like, "Man, like they really need some quarterbacks." So even if we can't come in here and start right away, like. They need, they need somebody. Like This could be a gig where we can come in here and play for four years and take this job. We need depth of that position. And it's not like – I know people have given Scott Satterfield a lot of crap for recruiting. It's not like they haven't tried. I mean, they, they lose <clears> – you lose Jordan Travis before you get here to a transfer to Florida State, who I think a lot of people with the program at the time thought was the future of the quarterback position besides apparently Bobby Petrino for some reason. And you have T. Webb. You lose him at the last second when he comes in. You get Chubba Purdy. who you, you end th- up going? How you hate when I do this to you? Yeah, because I don't know. Uh, I know Jordan Travis went to Florida State, obviously. Jordan Travis went to Florida State. Chubba Purdy also went to Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah. Um, Travis made the right decision because he seems to be the better of the two. See, what went to Southern Miss. Okay. How did he do last year? Oh. <laughs> did, did he play? Well, uh, 11 pass attempts, four completions, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> not good. That's not great. I mean, I could. Still, I would be okay if we kept Jordan Travis because he's he's shown flashes. But yeah, out of those three, just for depth, like if we, it, you, yeah, you need exactly. one of those guys. Yeah, just to compete with Malik, if anything. Yeah, they whiffed on some of the the grad transfer prospects that were out there. They couldn't get them. Like it's not for lack of trying. I mean, Conley was already locked into Satterfield anyway. Exactly, you bring him over from App State, yeah. and then we bring in. You know, we didn't know who Brock Doman was at the time. We still kind of don't. I still, I still have trouble believing he's real. He is. He's, like when you, I still this day when you, remember you told me his name, I was like, you're just making that up. But the the, <laughs> the point is, the quarterback room has been very thin. Yeah, really for the last two years True. with Scott Satterfield. So. It's great that we're getting we, – we have Caleb Johnson on campus now. He's going to be a freshman this year. We'll see what he's capable of doing. You bring in Pierce Clarkson, one of the top quarterbacks in the 2023 class, and then you bring in, hopefully, this kid who's a top quarterback in the 2024 class, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Our days of being quarterback, you are coming back. We sh- and, they, and they should. Like yeah. We should be capitalizing on the fact that in the last decade, we've had two guys who last just last season were starting NFL quarterbacks, one of whom was the MVP of the league a couple of years ago, Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater. You should be able to go out there and recruit some of the most exciting quarterbacks in every recruiting class just by having those guys. You don't need to throw out there Chris Redman and Johnny Unitas and the Brahms and all that stuff. Like, Teddy, Lamar, they played here I mean, last uh, 10 years. The, Look where they are now. In the last, last 20 years, I, just, I, I will go head-to-head with anybody in terms of the level of our program as compared to the level of quarterbacks we've produced in the last 20 years is, I mean, we're right there. I mean, I think they, they did that where, um, ESPN ranked like the best schools at every position all time. And like they had us behind, I think only USC. I mean, I don't care. I can see this. I wouldn't say we're number one, but I would say I would be shocked if we weren't in the top. I don't want to say top five guarantee, but I would guarantee top 10 in the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Easily. I mean, it'd be like USC and Oklahoma, I think, would have the upper hand on us. But n- in terms of guys going to the next level, particularly. Yeah, just overall production. I mean, yeah, we're, well, I mean, I can tell you now we're well ahead of Alabama. Well, of course. I mean, they've only produced one quarterback in the last 30, 50 years. Well, I mean, Jalen Hurts and Tua are both pretty good. Again, they've only produced one. <laughs> you hate Jalen Hurts. They were all, and when I said Mac Jones was the first first round pick they'd had since '79, I forgot about Mac Jones. Yeah, so that's three. Well, Mac Jones is the be- the, the best of the three. 
Uh, Texter also wants to back you up on the you started the show by calling out Mark Weinberg, which is a horrible way to start the show. <laughs> but you think that your car temperature is more accurate than the National Weather Service temperature. Texter says another fact to verify for Trevor, though, the NWS takes the temperature readings in the shade to avoid direct sun heating. OK, see, that's 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 crooked. They want you to verify that fact, though. That is crooked. They're not they're saying it, but they want you to verify it. Well, how am I going to go out in the shade? I mean, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Uh, that's 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 cooking the books right there. Who's the head of the National Weather Service? Dan Snyder? What the what the hell's up with this? I don't think that's actually true. <laughs> they just want you to try to verify it. Uh, Texas says, why was your boy Nick on KRC holding back angry tears while talking about the Owens commitment? Tell him it's 2022. Men can cry now too. <laughs> <What's he? laughs> Is Roush just taking it too hard? Well, he's, he's trying to hide it. He's, he's never going to play for you guys. I swear you're never going to see him. Stop being so excited. Enjoy it now. Yeah, yeah. Get, 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 hope you don't buy his jersey because he's going to be a Texas one. Uh, Texas, <laughs> so Aaron Williams and Pierce Clarkson last night were both tweeting that we had two more commits coming. Any scoop of who they could be? Yeah, I saw Aaron Williams did the I Pierce Clarkson the, thing where he's, yeah. like, he's like, another one. And then like four hours later was like, and another one. I'm guessing that one is going to be Madden Sanker, who's been rumored all week to be on the verge of a commitment. The offensive lineman, right? The offensive lineman, top five offensive lineman in the country. Um, a lot of the, I saw Keith Wynn pointing this out today on Twitter, a lot of the like scout and 247 guys from Georgia who had predicted that he's going to go to Georgia have just today been changing their predictions to Louisville. So all signs point to him. As far as the other one, I mean, there are a lot of guys out there who are rumored to be like, like leaning towards making a commitment. I can't tell you exactly which one. Clarkson and Williams are talking about, but that's such a good problem to have, right? It's incredible. Uh, I did see I mean, that. When's the last time we had this problem in any, either football or basketball? I did see that Kyle Parker, who was a recruit that we had uh, on one of our visits uh, recently, I, th- I don't know if he was the, the the one over the weekend, but he's announced that a commitment's coming soon. Some Louisville fans got excited. I've been told that it's he's going to go to LSU. And Kyle Parker is a twenty twenty three wide receiver. Okay, and the the Stamps kid who is, uh, I think, Keith tweeted about him too yesterday, saying he's probably going to go to LSU too. So, you know, you lose a couple of players to LSU, it's okay. You understand that's going to happen. they just lost Arch Manning. You're not throwing a bone. You're not going to get everybody, but we've gotten, I mean, we seem to be in very good shape. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? Losing to LSU makes sense right now because apparently being the nerdy, like, unhip white dude is the cool thing in recruiting. And the only one that has one bigger than worse than us in Satterfield is Brian Kelly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no shock to me that LSU is not going to get some recruits still. So, Keith pointed this out earlier today. He said, we had 18 recruits on the big visit weekend last weekend. Eight of them are now committed or were committed before. A total of eight are committed. Six have at least one prediction on a website that they're going to commit to Louisville. One is definitely committing elsewhere. I think he's talking about uh, the wide receiver to LSU. One is likely committing elsewhere and two are up in the air. He said, I think they could definitely land all six guys with the predictions right now. Like, if that happens, that's a, a hey, fringe top ten class. We have left in our class. I mean, it's a decent amount. We've only got, tw- I think, 12 overall commits right okay. now. So we got 13 scholarships left if we want to get there. If that happens, man, you're talking about not just like a top 25 class. You're talking about a fringe top ten class. We're number nine right now in the on-three composite rankings. Uncharted Waters. They're never going to make it through. Uh, I mean, when, when it's all said and done, I think, I think and don't. If you're listening, sports stock, uh, card stalker, you can say I, I'm not. I'm misquoting you, but I, I'll go back and listen to your podcast and quote you properly. But 
I think he felt like he said after the decommitments and so happened that Louisville would be at best maybe in the twenty five to thirty range That's going into that season. Is there completely class. untrue? I'm just telling you, this is what I hear. From who? From KRC. We've been in the 25-30 range with three four-stars before. <laughs> we already have, what, nine? Some, I, I guess. I lost count. Yeah, that's. The, I think their math is insanely flawed. It's not like we're talking about this is the part of the season where they're ranking teams after four or five commitments. We've got 12 kids, and we're number nine in the country. Like, we're not going to dip to the 25-30 range if this class stays well, together. That's, I, bank I, oh, that. I think that was what— that, Oh, they that, think we're going to lose kids. Yeah, when, when, oh, when well, kids are—when decommitments occur— and everything is cleared, it will be in the 25 to 30 area. If we, The thing is, this class is being held together. Yeah, remember, but, they also assume that Ruben Owens will never be at Louisville as well. Well, it, like, if that's the case, then it's a different discussion. But if they're talking about guys decommitting, this class is, is being held together by a nucleus, the center of which is Pierce Clarkson. Yes. So I feel like if it, it won't be a situation where you lose like three or four of these guys at the last second. If it falls apart, it'll fall apart completely. And then we're talking about like being in like the 40 range. But if, it, if, it, if these kids stay true to – Whatever's been promised to them or whatever they think they're signing up for, which, again, I think is more likely now than it was three years ago when you didn't have NIL, you didn't have these types of deals being made, then it's absolutely going to be a top 20 class, probably top 15. Um, Texas says, did you see the Avs last night? Had Don't do this. Had too many guys in the ice for the last shot. But the Bolts, thank you. The Bolts did as well, so I guess it cancels out. Yeah, all these Tampa Bay fans are like, McKinnon wasn't all the way off the ice. He wasn't a part of the play. This happens every single time. Is it technically too many on the men on the ice? Yes, but guess what? Tampa Bay had seven people on the ice. The same picture that they keep throwing out there where it's like one, two, three, four, five, six on the ice when the goal happens. It's like, okay, count your guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What is that Shut from up. a line change? Yeah. Okay. It happens all isn't, the time. Isn't there like a, a grace period of a second? There's like an unspoken rule that if they're not part of the play and they're like right there, that you're not going to call that. Like you're, you're not going to call it by the book. Yeah, that's why I mean, think. I mean, I would think that it's almost impossible to like – like, does the skate have to be off the ice or something? These whiny-ass I mean. Tampa Bay. Haven't you all won enough over the years? Both in, like, I mean, you have Tom Brady now. You've got back-to-back Stanley Cup finals, you know. You won one back in the, the early 2000s, too, didn't they? Who? Tampa Bay. Didn't they win, like, an 03 or 04 as well? The Lightning? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah they're, they're going for their fourth. They need to stop whining. That's what I'm saying. Who was the last pro team 2-3, Pete? Was it the Oilers? The Oilers were in the 80s. Well, I mean, no, because you had the, I mean, the Bulls. In the NBA. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The, well, yeah. And the Heat, the Heat never won back-to-back-to-back, did they? No, the Lakers didn't win 3 P. The either. Warriors didn't. No, and I don't think the Lakers did in the 2000s, did they? They went, oh, yeah, they did. They went 2000. They yeah, they went 2000. Yeah. yeah, they were the last one to do it then, I guess. Because they beat, they beat the Pacers in 2000, and they beat. Tommy Mansky AAU they, team, of course. They beat the Nets in 01 back AAU national champions. God, the Nets going to back-to-back finals. There's a reason why the NBA is watered down like it is back then. Uh, I guess that would be the last one to do it in pro sports would be them. Because in Pittsburgh, it, I mean, yeah, the Penguins were back-to-back only. They were. Patriots never won three in a row. No, they never won. I, they only won back-to-back once. Well, the the Yankees won three in a row. But that was in the 90s, wasn't it? 98 to like 2000, yeah, I think. That's, that's before the, the, the Lakers. The Lakers the last one to do it. I think you're right. In 2000 to 2002. I can't. I mean, I know I'm only counting the four sports, so no one's ever done it in the NFL. Yeah, I think you're right. No one's even gone to the only the only team to ever even go to three straight Super Bowls was the Bills, the Steelers or Cowboys. None of them ever went to three straight. The closest to three straight in the NFL would have been the Niners in '88, '89, '90, and the Giants pulled up that huge upset against them when uh, Wilbur Marshall just completely destroyed 
Joe Montana's elbowed into his career. So we keep talking about the Oilers being the Oilers never won three straight. Oh, they didn't. The Islanders won three. Straight Islanders oh, in the eighties. Sorry, 80s. I get those two mixed up. Yeah. The the Houston Comets did win four straight in the WNBA, ninety seven to two thousand. Again, before the Lakers, so that can I can that, I can at least say that instead of doing either of what I really want to say. <laughs> the Lakers are <laughs> the Lakers are the most recent pro sports team to win to go to do a three peat. And I guess the NFL did have the Packers. The Packers technically won. They were the NFL champions in '65 and then won the first two Super Bowls. Yeah, so but technically that's, that's a three peat. No, no, you know the only team to beat uh, Vince Lombardi in the title game who was no the Eagles. I mean, I should have known, but you asking the question. He's like five and one. Yeah, he's like one, five and one in title games. The only one he ever lost was Eagles. Do you want your trivia question of the day? Yeah, I did. Non-sports related because I just saw it today. Somebody asked me. Oh, yeah, even better. Only one American state flag is double-sided. California. Oregon. Very close. Well done. I've, no, I've seen that. I've seen that before somewhere. Have you? And I, I couldn't remember, yeah. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, text line has been neglected. We'll make that. Uh, we'll write that wrong coming back to the break. We'll take your questions. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. You know it. You love it. Uh, we'll take your questions coming up here to wrap up the show on a Thursday on 1450 The Big X. Welcome in. Final segment here. Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Reminder, we got Louisville Bats baseball coming on at 7.05. Nick Kern will have the call. Bats hosting the Iowa Cubs. It's Pride Night out there at Slugger Field. Make it out to the ballpark. All sorts of fun things going on at Slugger Field this weekend. Star Wars night, Saturday night. Wear your Chewbacca costume. Wear your... I'm going to be feeding him uh, Star Wars lines. Like, I... <laughs> How many Star Wars lines could you seamlessly work into? You don't even know oh, that many. I, I, mean, I think I know. Like, I could seem like... So and so come to the plate. Never tell me the odds. Do or do not. He never. He shouldn't try. You know. Like, okay. <laughs> that was pretty good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Don't ever tell me. I've, here's the pitch. I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, <laughs> the first one. First one was better. I mean, yeah. Okay. That's okay. Uh, we, we've neglected the text line today, 502-414-1450, so we'll try to fix that uh, coming up here in a second. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys uh, what they got going on over at Thornton's. Uh, it's the you know about the text line. You know about the Refreshing Rewards app. You know about everything that's going on. Uh, I'm trying to find the, the the thing that I had printed out earlier. Um, Talking about the reward, the, the deal they're doing with the summer rewards? Exactly. I'm trying to find the details. It's summer cash bash at Thornton's. That's what I'm talking about. I each week, memorized. Come on. <laughs> each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member is going to win $10,000 all summer long, and there's going to be a grand prize. It's going to be a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do, open that Refreshing Rewards app, app click the summer cash dash icon to enter and if you don't want to do that all you got to do to get going on this is text rewards all one word to 80313 today you don't want to miss this summer cash bash 10 grand all summer long 
and a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Easy for me to say. I mean, even if you don't get the car, if you sign up for the Thornton's Reward, you're already a winner. You're already a winner. You win every day. You already you you win every day. You win every day. Speaking uh, of winning, um, think I'm feeling good about the fast tonight. Getting one and a half. Sure. Have I told you drafting? They got Lodolo on the mound. Okay, I know. I'm. He, he didn't pitch great on Sunday. He though. won't go the whole game, but it's his second. Oh, he, only went, he only went two innings on Sunday. I remember. I remember that game. They're winning tonight. They lost that game. They covered last night. The bats are now for those. You know, they offer you know minor league baseball gambling on DraftKings. It's become a uh, I consider myself the Pete Rose of the Louisville Bats organization right now. Um, and they are 1-11 in 11 in one-run games this year. I don't like that. And that's, that's while that's but not a— still cover. That, that's, that's, that's where it gets scary. That's where that one-and-a-half is really—can can keep you on, on your toes. And last night, they, yesterday they covered. They went to extra innings, but I couldn't bet on them because some reason they didn't do day games on there. I don't know. Uh, Thor's text line, 502-414-1450. Texture says, as far as not knowing local sports, a friend who was born and raised in Louisville didn't know what the Triple Crown was. When Farrell won it, I called him, and he replied, in all seriousness, is that good? He knew what the Derby was, though, right? I would hope so. You should still know what the Triple Crown is, or that it at least exists. I mean, I still to this day screw up the order. But, that, after, but that's after one After Derby. But you know, you're a, yeah. If somebody called you up on Belmonte and said, Hey, American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown. You would know what they were talking uh, yes, about. Yes. Yeah. That's, that, that's, you got to know that. Come on. I don't know what this was in reference to, but it just says, Trevor, why are you questioning whether or not somebody could get it in? <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. Does it have a timestamp when that came in? 413, it looks like. We were talking, we were about to call Nick, and I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> Texas says, doesn't Texas have Quinn Ewers, the number one quarterback in 2022? No way Texas keeps both Manning and Ewers. They do. They do. He transferred from Ohio. He's the guy that, that took exactly. advantage. He got like eight, he got a million or so from Ohio State for doing nothing and transferred to Texas. He's got, he's played at that South Lake Carroll, which is that mm-hmm. gigantic school in Texas. He's got, he also has a Texas haircut. That, that's never going to fly in the Midwest. I don't know what he was thinking. He's the guy, my buddy, my Ohio State buddy was just like, oh, I don't care about the, who's the guy that's there now. That's not the, that he's not big on. Is it Stroud? I guess. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah, well, Stroud. I think is the yeah, the quarterback there now, and he's just, he's not very big on him. He's like, it's okay because we got we've got the, the Ewers guy coming in. He's the one I can't. Then the day he transferred, I was like, dude, <laughs> sorry. It is weird though to have the number one player in one class and then the number one player in the very next class, like not just at like that position, but overall, these are the two number one players in back to back classes. How do you handle that? I mean. Tell you thanks for coming. He's going to transfer again and go somewhere else. That dude's going to play for three schools and make $3 million. I guess. It's a weird thing. I mean, look what he just did at Ohio State. He just went there and made six figures and never even played a snap. I don't think he was on the roster. I mean, was, was he even on the roster? Wasn't he like a red shirt? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now he's going to go to Texas, probably make a good six figures, seven figures just for showing up there. We got Arch Manning. He was probably the backup plan anyway to Arch Manning. I, I, I got $2 so he doesn't end up east somewhere else before his sophomore year. One going to have to go. There's no question about that. And you would assume it's going to be yours just because yeah, Arch Manning yeah, is Arch, Arch Manning. Manning yeah. Everybody knows Arch Manning. Texas, the worst part about UofL, uh, the worst part about the UofL is only getting players because of NIL stuff is that fans and media are acting like the teams UofL is beating for recruits aren't using NIL too. It's a fair point. What do you mean, like saying that? It's people are acting like we're the only ones. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Who are doing this? And no, the reality is, like everybody can make. Everybody has the ability to make the exact same pitch that we are. Yeah. For whatever reason, 
ours is working more than it is in other places, it seems like. I mean, and team- it's also not like we're the number one recruiting class in America. Like, like, no, but we're it, up there. We are, and it's unusual. Like We're the one that doesn't belong in the top ten right now, but outside of us, it's still business as usual. So it's not like kids are just across the country are like flocking to Louisville and just saying no to Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson. Like They still are all going to have top five classes. It's still going to be mostly business as usual. It's just going to be a little bit different in like the top 15, top 20. I mean, in some place. You, you kind of had a feeling when Nils went into effect that you were going to see the rise from average, below even below average maybe programs, to another level because of Nils in both football and basketball. It's kind of cool to think we might be that one in football. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because it was that level. You knew you were going to have that. It was gonna, you were going to see it. And we still might, and we may not be the only one. It's kind of like when you used to play college football in the video game, and there was always that one school that would have like the undefeated year. And they become a national power in like the Sun Belt or something. Yeah. And as a result, they become a national power in the game because they were, you know, they dominated that earlier and we continue to dominate the Gonzaga effect, so to speak. I mean, maybe cool for that one in football. The thing is, if you go back to like the middle part of the the alts, like 2006, when we're coming off the Orange Bowl victory, there was the sense nationally that Louisville could kind of become that team. Like it could kind of become the Gonzaga, but in a power conference, a lower level power conference, which was what the Big East was at that time. Like I remember, I can't remember exactly who it was. It was one of the writers at CBS. They did this exercise. I don't know why this stuck with me all, all these years. They did this thing where they did the college football food chain. Like the, they put everybody into a tier, like tier one, like the sharks, like tier two, like the, you know, whatever. And we were the only school that didn't go into a tier. Because he said, right now, at this moment in time, it's impossible to put Louisville into a category. If things keep going the way that they're going, they could absolutely be a shark. They could be one of the 10 best programs in college football. If they revert to where they've been historically, they're like a tier four out of tier five. And we were sort of in this weird state of flux. Like, where are they going to go? We hired Steve Cragthorpe. We fell off the face of the earth for a, a moment where, in that's time. Where we lost, that's where we got screwed. That's, we that, did. That's where the difference between us and the other school that was in that same area, which was Boise State. We were right there. That and conference affiliation. We both came in at the same time. I mean, it's crazy to look back at that 03 Liberty Bowl where they were undefeated. We had the one loss. Mm-hmm. And then three years later, here they are. I mean, they're in the Fiesta Bowl winning. We're winning the Orange Bowl. Yep. I mean, and you're right. The big difference is Peterson stayed on and, and continued to build. And, you know. And they were still always going to be the little guy because they played in a non But at the time, conference. we were in a little conference. So we were in Conference USA at that point. Well, we played them, but when we yeah. made the move to the Big East, I think our perception changed. Even in the Big East, we were still, you know, bigger pawn, but still big, you know. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when we had the number three versus number five game in 06, us versus West Virginia, like, that's not capable of happening in the Mountain West. No, 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 no. So we were no, kind of, no. we were viewed as a, a program that could potentially be like a perennial top 15, occasionally top 10, flirting with a national title mm-hmm. top team. And then we hired the wrong guy, and it all went to hell. Yes, and we hired the right guy, and we kind of got back. And then we've been sort of ebbing and flowing for a while. We've had flashes. I mean, College Game Day has been here now twice in the last few years. We had a College Game Day game at Clemson, which is still talked about as one of the bigger games in the last seven, eight years in college football. We've had a Heisman Trophy winner. We flirted with a playoff talk. And now we're in this sort of weird state where it's why I kind of continue to go back to the point of, I'm not going to settle for eight, nine wins is all we can be. And we should just be happy to get a coach who can get there. For right now, we'd love to be an eight, nine win team. But eventually, I want to get back to trying to take that next step and being a program that's, you know, not, I don't have any misconceptions about being a, a perennial top 10 team and what that takes. But I'd like to every now and then be knocking on that door. I think that that's, we've seen that happen with this program before. I'd like that to become a more consistent thing. I'm not saying in the same way that, that the setup would be handoff to Brom. 
like John L. did to Petrino, but where you saw the building blocks that John L. built. And we just kind of were in that middle area. And then when he handed off Petrino, he took what that, what had been built with, with John L., the consistent seven-win seasons, and took it to that next level. Right. And that's what you have to hope for. And, and, and maybe, you know, obviously I would love if it. If it is Satterfield taking that next level, that's great. But, you know, if there is a, a handing off at some point in the next couple of years, then hopefully it will be Jeff. Texas, who's doing the music? I can't believe I just heard Joey Badass. That's Trevor. Every yeah. Day, every day. I, that's uh, today's just a random Trevor day too. I like that. I, I hope you're sitting down for this. You are good. I am. Uh, I know who Joey Badass is. There you go. Now, why do I know him? Two reasons. One, he's got a song on Madden. Okay. And two, he was on season two of Mr. Robot. Well done. Season Robot, Mr. Robot, great first three seasons. Did the fourth last season? Kind of fell off. My dad's a big fan. I, I love the first couple seasons, and he's a very good role in the second season. He's the, the black guy who just discovered Seinfeld. And so he's like, <laughs> which is kind of comical. Texture says, um, other fan bases now that Masterpiece Son is suiting up for us, they're giving the recruits golden tanks. <laughs> they're giving them tanks, John. They're flying their jets. They're getting their tanks. <laughs> Big diamond studded tank. They're going thing. to war with college sports, literally. <laughs> we're coming in like, like Triple H and DX did when they, were, when they went after WCW. Who, by the way, Master P at one point did wrestle on WCW. I feel like I knew that. He was on Nitro. He was on those later Nitro years when they were just desperate for mainstream. And they brought in, like, him. And I want to say they they brought in, like, the Insane Clown Posse at one time. I feel like I remember that, too. Yeah, they, they were they were just they were whatever they could against the wall at that point. Texas, it's definitely not common knowledge that Master P moved to Louisville. It's unks to my knowledge, too. Unks to my knowledge. Nice throwback. <laughs> Texas says... Uh, me and my buddies hang out with him all the time, but you wouldn't know them. They go to a different school. I don't even know what that's in reference to. Master P? I guess, maybe. Does he hang out at schools? That seems kind of creepy. He also says, how come the guy whispers at the end of the Salsa Readers commercial? Isn't it Benetti that does that? I have no idea. We, I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't realize he did. Uh, Texas He's whispering uh, how awesome it is. Texas says the opposite. Master P and other family members relocated to Louisville is common knowledge. What do you think he was doing commercials here? I talked about that. I didn't well, know. I was curious. I mean, but honestly, it's, it's Master P. I mean. Like, I never saw any sort of official written out story saying, like, hey, by the way, Master P lives in Louisville. Like, Master P was never. I'm just don't. I hope he, if he's like, you're listening. Never Percy. bumped into him at Cherokee Park. Yeah, don't think he's in. So Master P seemed like the kind of guy that would, if the check cleared, he'll do it. He'll put his name on it. Well, yeah, we've seen the law commercial. Yeah, I mean, and so that's why I just assumed it was. Like, they just figured, hey, let's get a celebrity. Who can we afford some with nostalgia? Master P probably isn't, you know, that's, that's all I assumed it was. Did you guys see Master P at Pat's Steakhouse? <laughs> I never saw him at Arby's, that's for sure. Texas, I'm not sure Chris <laughs> Mack was the guy to bring Master P in the fold. You're right. <laughs> I would have, why didn't he? wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Texas says, Mike, are you excited that Imani Bates is finally making a decision and you won't have to keep answering questions about his decision? Well, no, I kind of like the music now that we have. <laughs> we still haven't done our DJ Wagner update. We don't have one for today. Yeah, we do. Wagner, DJ oh, Wagner. Oh, oh, oh. I don't have an update for today. Uh, then that... DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner, DJ Wagner. Where's he going? The... Going to commit to UK or Louisville, DJ Wagner. Today's DJ Wagner update. We don't have an update. There is no update. You have to get it in. 
Brought to you by no one. We need to get a sponsor for our DJ Wagner update. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> that I do notice he's the first name that uh, that shows on the screen. Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Maybe that's why I got stuck in that person's head. Um, the here's your DJ Wagner update. So Malik Wayans, who was a player at Villanova not too long ago, is expected to become the new coach of that Camden High School team. <laughs> the Damon Wayne's brother. No, hold on. We, we don't have much time here. He's, he's expected to be the new coach of the Camden High School team, who's you know, the coach just left to take the job with the New York Knicks. There was all that talk about Brunson, yeah. Wagner's going to transfer into Ballard. I didn't realize they're also <laughs> under investigation up there, which is probably a big part of the reason why he took the, the Knicks job. <laughs> but apparently it's going to be Malik Wayne's. Um, who also played there at one point in time, former Villanova star. Yeah, I remember Malik Wayne's. Expected to take that job. So, Again, not to be confused with the brother Damon. No, it's spelled very differently. He would potentially be DJ Wagner's new head coach. There's your DJ Wagner update of the day. DJ Wagner. I already clipped the clip. Texture says, your boy Beatty used to have Cubbage take the temp in the shade to avoid heat index limits. Well, I'm not surprised about that at all. <laughs> that yeah. Wow, Beatty doing something crooked to get an advantage to win. No. Do, do youth football coaches hate anything more than water breaks? <laughs> Get your water, I guess. You talking about youth football? Yes. I guess any level of football. Yeah, I mean. Go I, on and get your water. Like every time I boop, it's water time. Go on and get it, I guess. Oh, I mean. In my day, we just chugged salt tablets. Well, I think that got thrown out when Corey Stringer died. Yeah. <laughs> still, but they, they still they have to do it, though. But they still yeah. they don't have to be happy about it. Yeah, that's true. Texas says Trevor is <laughs> a. salt tablets <laughs> Texas says, uh. Trevor is a freaking genius with sports facts. Also, Louisville FC could have done a three-peat but lost in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, they almost did, yeah. Should have won. Texture says, I just wanted to make sure that I hadn't missed an update on the uh, Bourbon Beyond Louder Than Life ticks that were won last month. I wanted to make sure I hadn't missed a message. Well, I hope you, yeah, hope that's been taken care of. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, did I not text you back? I'm or? assuming that's somebody who won, yeah. Did I have to go back and look? It is. Okay. What well, do you remember? What what was it, what was it? What you responded win? to them on the text line. Okay. Then I, I, their information. I will tell you right now after listening. Texture your uh, your info has been sent to uh, my man Dugan, so I assume it's coming through. Should so. be taken care. Of. Yeah. Texas. It was uh, Stuart Mandel. The story with Sports Illustrated. It was Kings and Barons. There it is. Yeah. It, he actually sends the uh, texture sends in the, the clip of what he said. He said there's one school intentionally missing from the list, and that's because I have no idea where to put it. Louisville. History-wise, the Cardinals are peasants, but the program has completely reinvented itself over the past decade and now gets mentioned with the Kings and Barons. For now, we'll just say TBD. Yeah. Kings and Barons. That's a weird thing. He says Kings and Queens. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, Texture says, <laughs> we're the Cardinals of the Cardinals effing tank. Big NIL bank. Our players get tanks. <laughs> our, our recruiting class is ranked. <laughs> Y'all have the two stars. We, have. we take a jump shot we call bank. Well done. <laughs> Don't hang out with no. Oh, never mind. Pass me the dozer. <laughs> Hootie who? Treat, treat opponents like skanks. <laughs> Tucker says, just checking in for the first time today. We got a guard. That's all for today. Goodbye. I just tuned it out, turned it off. <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. We have to get out of here a little bit early so you can make it across the bridge and watch the uh, check out the bats tonight. We'll make your prediction. You were talking about it off air. Bats, Cubs. That's our prediction for tonight. Bats are a one and a half run underdog. Which is the common. Yeah. Are you going to bet on this game and who are you going to take? We have Nick Lodolo, Red Cincinnati Red, on the hill tonight. He'll <laughs> likely throw it. Nick Curran said 75, 80 pitches. Yeah. Maybe like four or five innings. I'm taking the bats to lose by another run tonight. So you're just, you just could, you could have just said I'm betting on the bats. You didn't have to say I'm bats. picking them to lose by a run. If they win, you still win the I'm same. I'm not bet. feeling real confident because I was been good this year. Well, 
And they've looked they've they've looked better that than the last two games. That stops tonight. They've at least heard. They've listened. They sound better because I haven't watched. I just listened to Nick Curd and Jim Carr. Go bats. Go cards. We're out of here. We'll be back tomorrow at Friday. Uh, tomorrow Friday at three o'clock. Right. Yeah. Everybody enjoy your Thursday night. Roll up.